Okay, question. Okay. Yes. You, Steve Storman, <laughs> today <laughs> Me. as, like, this this job that you have, this sure. life, okay. yada, yada, yada. Everything the same. Yes. We're not playing alternate universes here. No. Okay. If you could have any superpower. Yes. What would you go for? So I have, I have a joke answer and I have a real answer. Okay. I'm not sure which is which. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> One answer is I would want multiple man's powers. Because yeah. I'm so damn indecisive. <laughs> and just, if you could just have multiple use during each decision. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the, just like the, the premise from the start of the Madrox series and the X Factor, you know, from the 2000 series, that he has dupes going and living wildly different lives from him. Right. Just And then he gets to like absorb that experience back. And it just, yeah, it means that I could just kind of like live lots of different kinds of lives and not have to make those decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that's one answer. And then the other is it it it's kind of a cop out. Or I guess I would in order to describe it as one power and not multiple powers, I would like to be like superhumanly competent mm. at just like the most mundane things possible. Like I mean, so I, okay. I, like I, I will. Caveat. I would like. I would like to be able to eat without spilling on myself. I oh, would like wow. to okay. be able to drink without it going down the wrong pipe. Mm. I would like to uh, be able to walk next to somebody in a straight line without constantly bumping into them. I would like to be able to fall asleep on command. Okay. It's like an enormous quality of life improvement, right there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The one that I always thought about in, in college was like, man, if I, if, if I could teleport it, I would totally be on that bus right now. Right? <laughs> I would not. And then I'm like, wait, I wouldn't take the bus, but that doesn't factor in. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, you're yeah, just like yeah. running up to the bus stop and the bus is driving away. You're Absolutely. Like, Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. No. So I will extra caveat that like there's, you could go with like the sweet like mm. in terms of like if you have okay. super speed, you right. also have to have a handful of other things right, roll right. for super speed to work. Right, right. <laughs> so like super durable in order to super not durable be, blow out your joints. Yeah, the ability to, to, to think and process information super and, quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Better so, eyesight, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if if one of those okay. powers comes yeah. into my It's funny because I have thought about mm-hmm. Madrox's power. Yeah. But I wouldn't want the lack of control. Yeah, that's true. Getting, yeah. bo- especially in New York, you kidding me? Oh, you would yeah. fill, you would fill a subway car so fast <laughs> on accident. <laughs> oh God, it's true. <laughs> but for me, it has always been. Well, okay, not to lie. When I was younger, my go-to was Classic Man, Reed Richards, mm, mm-hmm. Super Stretch. Yeah, but. I feel that if it's me today, this world, it can't be a flashy power. Okay. Otherwise, teleportation would be awesome. Right, exactly. Um, but the second I get caught or you, seen. Yeah, things change for you. Yeah. You don't keep Police, your government, <laughs> FBI, CIA. Like, yeah. shit's going to get out of control. So yeah. my number one for the longest time has been telekinesis. Yeah. Can disguise it pretty well. 
Yeah. People are like, why is this shit floating? And you're like, I don't know. Right? Well, like, <laughs> even just on top of that, like, I would use my telekinesis to inflict karma oh, on people. Okay. Yeah. Like, I get... <laughs> if, if, we're on, if we're not on a busy road and, and a jerk cuts me off... Mm. I'm gonna deflate his tire, oh. <laughs> and I'm gonna have him <laughs> go off onto the <laughs> onto the shoulder and deal with that, and I'm gonna go about my day. <laughs> if if um, if a jerk kid is crossing the street in front of me yeah. on, on a red, yeah. he's gonna trip. Okay, like yeah, I'm going to inflict the like low level karma that assholes deserve. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> low level karma man. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's been my fantasy. Also, like, I don't, I don't know how many friends of mine I could trust to keep my secret. But if they would, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, right. Uh, if they could keep the secret, then I would absolutely use my telekinesis to help them move. But like, <laughs> I may. I mean, use... this is already your superpower. I know, right? I am the guy who helps other people move, man. So I could just pretend like I'm super strong. Right. Not super strong, but like. Stronger than I look. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, like, I can move the chair by myself. Right. Because it's being lifted. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I would I would use it for those things. I would use it to be lazy. Of course. Like, let's be real. Let's be real, yeah. I, it is the ultimate lazy person superpower. Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs> if my dog is sleeping on my blanket and I want to go to bed, I'm yeah. lifting the dog without, yep. like, without... The smallness of my hands to lift her, <laughs> getting the blanket out from under her, and then I'm going to bed. Yep. Like it's it's the it's the little things yeah. that I would do with my telekinesis. My alternate, if like if somehow I can't do telekinesis, I'm doing uh, magic, mm. which I feel like is a superpower, but it's arguably not. It just depends on how I'm sure what writer you're talking to. Yeah, <laughs> because then magic could be whatever I want it to be. Yeah. So, so my first follow-up question is, what'd you tell your wife? Um, I guess. Okay. If I got it, if I got it today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would tell her. Yeah. The downside is she would have me help way more in the yard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's only fair. I, it is. It is, and that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would. I would. I would tell her. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, telekinesis isn't. All that flashy. Also, yeah. when she wants me to help out in the yard, I don't have to get up. Because <laughs> right. the only time she calls me out in the yard is to move a pot that yep. she can't move because yep. it's full of dirt. Right. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, yes, I would tell her. Okay. Uh, but the, the extra question is, like, how many of my friends get to know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, like... I don't know, because I feel like, I feel like game night I would probably tell. Okay. But, like, do I, do I, I don't know if I would tell, co- I don't know co-workers like that. Right, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, by the way, I can move things with my mind. Right? Do I talk about it on Twitch? No. Yeah. It would be a great way to get some some more followers and viewers, but like, <laughs> yeah, and then immediately <laughs> swatted just because exactly. somebody wants to see exactly. the showdown. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, like, I don't know, I have no idea how strong my telekinesis could be. So, yeah. do you remember, uh, what is this, what was that show, After after Hours, that I used to be obsessed oh, with? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Uncracked. Um, on, yeah. They were talking about 
this kind of premise. And they said that, like, if you had telekinesis, you couldn't lift anything stronger than your physical body could lift. And that would still be worth it to me. I know. Yeah. And that and that was their like argument against having telekinesis. No. And in my head I was like, that's fine. Yeah. And then and then they complained, they're like, well, if you had that, then all your friends would ask you to help you move. And I just I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Give it. Yeah, yeah. So like their their complaints and arguments against telekinesis were literally my like go-to reasons for telekinesis. I would have to say I think telekinesis has has got to be the hardest power to learn how to control. Yeah. Like you you're basically like having to learn to apply abstract force. Like if you're like I want to like pour myself a glass of water over in the kitchen and then bring it over to me while I stay on the right on the on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like you have to manipulate that glass of water in such a like consistent way yeah 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 um i mean i think i i think the challenge would be interesting to me i think it would be a fun thing to try and learn how to master Mm -hmm. but i think it would be like i think just saying i have telekinesis it's like and then i spent five years like just trying to learn to do more than the most blunt uh, right. force maneuvers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so then I used to, when I was a security guard at like Wildcat, yeah. I would fantasize about having Sue Storm's powers. Mm, mm-hmm. Her power set would be amazing <laughs> sure. for security. You cannot. One, <laughs> you I hide. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking people, yeah. people act differently when they don't think they're being watched. Yeah. But then two, like when it's super crowded and our cocktail waitress has a tray full of drinks yep. and I got to get them through the crowd, I just make a tunnel, yeah. <laughs> move people out the way. They can't get in because I have this invisible force field going yeah. on and the girl just walks through. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be so amazing. Or also being able to turn other people invisible. You got two people who set each other off. Right? Oh, <laughs> gosh. It'd be so cool. Yeah. And then and like that's always made me wonder is I know we can see it because we're reading the comic and the comic needs to have the visuals, mm. but can Sue see the constructs that she makes? That's a good question. Or does she have this like psychic connection to whatever she makes and she knows what shape it is? Or, yeah, that's a great question. I've never yeah. known. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Anyway. These are the the musings of a random comic book nerd. Okay, I've got another icebreaker for you here. Sure. And this is Rachel's favorite icebreaker to use on people. Okay. Would you rather have Cheeto fingers permanently or to permanently have a popcorn kernel stuck in the back, you know, like stuck in your teeth? (laughs) (laughs) Right? This one's brutal. Honestly, okay, question about the kernel. Yeah. Is it the situation where, like, it's basically, like, implanted in there, or is it something where you, like, you remove it and then literally, like, right after another one shows up? It, it's, you, you, whatever it is, you can't get rid of it. Right. So, like, yeah, either you remove it and it immediately comes back or it's just there and you know that you can't do anything. You can't, like, alter your fate at all. I feel like it'd be more annoying if it's a removal and can and comes back consistently. Oh, because then you're just always working. Because then I'm not wor- – because yeah. then I'm not – I don't get used to it. Yeah, If it's good permanently point. in my teeth, yeah. then – 
it's just part of my teeth. Right, exactly. Because I feel like that, I think I've, if it's a permanent kernel that is immovable, I will choose that over Cheeto fingers. Yeah. If it's something that like falls out and continually grows back, that's that's a harder decision. <laughs> but because like I could just wear gloves. But you're not gonna just wear. I mean, <sighs> it's tough. It's not. It's not a great solution. And then you like the inside of your gloves get sweaty, and you just have like Cheeto mud. Right. But then like, so like you go swimming, and your fingers are just eternally. Just leaching soggy, yeah, soggy Cheeto. You've got tips. like orange streaks coming out on the other. Oh, well, okay. So, one, I was gonna say, you're not gonna leave fingerprints anywhere. So, like, I could see this being the, <laughs> the start of a very D class <laughs> villain, <laughs> just like a <laughs> but like I have Cheeto fingers, yeah. There's yeah. if you if you if it's just Cheeto fingers and not leaving any fingerprints, then like. I'm I'm going to LA and I'm committing some crime and then I'm I'm coming back home. (laughs) They're like, it was the Cheeto finger bandit. Who do we know? Who Uh, maybe has Cheeto fingers? Fucking uh, some glutton that decided to impulsively eat some Cheetos and go. So you would you would uh, commit only nerdy crimes. Yes. It's like, oh, this basement dwelling, Cheeto eating nerd yeah. came and, you know, robbed Frankenstein's. Well, that checks out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know you were thinking when you said LA, that's <laughs> I'm go I'm going I'm going to Frankenstein. Dude, they have so many gunpla there. <laughs> but the other so I think I would always choose the kernel if I'm real honest. Because I'm not I can't play magic. I can't play video games. No. I can't type. Also it it I have a thing about my hands being dirty. Like, I, mm. you know, like if I'm cooking and mm-hmm. like I'm like crack some eggs and then do something else, like I have to, you know, rinse my hands off right. in between steps. Absolutely. I'm not going to. And and it's just ugh, like. Also, like if we're going to get adult, I'm not pleasing a woman. with. That's the that's the main thing. <laughs> that is the absolute number one deal breaker. Like because there's also foreplay is gone. Completely gone. You, you want you want sandpaper, orange sandpaper, rubbing all over your butt? No. no. <laughs> Come on, man. Absolutely. I, don't know. I feel not. like I, again. I get that this is her favorite like icebreaker, but I feel like there's got to be. I feel like these are on two different levels of inconvenience. Totally. Well, it's it's. I I totally agree. She's a she's a Cheeto finger person. She would take Cheeto finger really? over. Yeah, she's like I would just dig the entire side of my mouth out. Like it would be like a disability like uh, level. Yeah. So this so this stems from how her supreme dislike of having a, having something stuck in her teeth. For me, I mean, the sex thing is the ultimate deal breaker. But even without that, just like it's. It's something I can endure privately in the the popcorn kernel mm-hmm. versus something that's public, right. like something that yeah. I, other people have to deal with, or right. you know, which just strongly puts it in favor of like I don't want this to be other people's business. I don't right. Want, yeah. What happens if you get an itch? Yeah. You you're never gonna have clean clothes. Right. You can't even fold your clothes. No, it's terrible. It's no good. There, there's so many more inconveniences. Yeah. 
to having Cheeto fingers. Totally agree. If it, if it if she edited it to random Cheeto fingers mm. from time to time at, at random times, right? That I feel like is more on the level of something eternally stuck in your teeth, right? As opposed to twenty four seven. Cheeto, Cheeto fingers. fingers. That doesn't no. check out for me. It's so bad. I don't know, man. It's yeah. two different. Yeah. Two different levels. Yeah. It's apples and oranges. <laughs> well, should we intro? Hype is my superpower podcast where we um, don't only answer random icebreakers. We also read comic books. We do. And talk about things that we're hyped upon. Will, what do you got this week? Man, I'm, I'm, I have some comics. Okay, so we've got Hulk, which is by Donny Cates, which is the first run post-Immortal Hulk, which I love so much. Yeah, that's that's an all-timer for you. Um, yeah, it really is. So I have gone into this skeptic and nervous, but Donny Cates' Thor has been blowing my mind. Yep. So You like Donny Cates' Venom too, uh, right? I also really liked Cates' Venom. So I'm, I'm, I'm going into Hulk. Yeah. No, never mind. We'll see what happens. Uh, I've got Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, which yeah. is uh, De- uh, Elektra posing as Daredevil. Yep. Which... Uh, <laughs> Leads right into Devil's Reign. Oh, which cool. the the trade for that comes out at the end of this month, at the end of August. Okay, so I'm excited for that. I, it feels perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. Gives me like three weeks to percolate, yeah. percolate, and uh, we'll see what happens. And then I've got Volume Four of Donny Cates' Thor. Hey. Very Katesy week. Yeah, it's called God of Hammers, <laughs> and. It's interesting. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Of the four volumes, it's probably probably my least favorite okay. of his four volumes. But it is indeed interesting, and he has done some stuff. Also, there's some inconsistencies with the Marvel Universe, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> is it really fine? <laughs> it's. I'm, I'm trying to channel my... St- my inner Steve <laughs> and just let the story be the story that he wants to tell. We'll get into it. Okay. But that's where I'm at. What did you get? I read a lot more than I have in a while. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is that a good or bad thing? It's a good thing. Okay, well, cool. it, not really so much about the quality of the books. It's just uh-huh. I read on the plane because uh, we didn't say it before, but we're here hanging out in person together. Yeah. We're on yeah. one single audio track for Nips to edit. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, I stepped off the plane. I was like, "Oh my god, nice weather." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is nice weather. I missed it. Yeah, it's ugh, it's so disgusting in New York. But anyway, I read a little storyline that was split up between one issue of Uncanny, one issue of X Men, and one and an X Men annual called the M Tech Saga. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I read some issues of Wolverine, and I read, uh, which kind of continue into an issue of Hulk. Okay. And then an arc on Generation X. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. I remember you mentioning that last week. Yep. Cool. Fun. 
Should we, should we... Let's jump right into it, unless you got anything else to say now, to the good people of the internet. I just got to brace yourselves for yeah. Hulk. Okay. I'm gonna, so I'm you, gonna read you the intro. You you showed me a picture of this, and it's worth reading to to yeah. the the people to the good yeah. people out there. So this is again, this is volume one of Donny Cates' Hulk, <laughs> and the volume is called Smashtronaut. Yes, that's the name of the story. Smashtronaut. So you open the first page, and typically, the first page will have. Like, the go-to paragraph of, like, for the Avengers, it's like, you know, when when the world needs heroes to band together to fight to become something greater than the, the, you know, the individual parts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the elevator uh, pitch. The elevator pitch. Uh, usually it'll start with that. Especially in Volume 1, it's only going to have that. Sure. Volumes 2 through whatever... It has the one or two paragraph recap to get you to where you need to be for um, this book. Sure. This book's so volume one. We have <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Banner has somehow managed to split the Hulk into three distinct parts. The Hulk's body has been turned into a starship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Banner's psyche pilots it from within the Hulk's mind, and the Hulk's psyche fuels the starship with his anger, with Banner harn- uh, which Banner harnesses by locking the Hulk in the, quote, engine room and sending escalating levels of opponents for him to fight. With the world blaming the Hulk for a mysterious, deadly incident in El Paso, Banner pilots the Starship Hulk through a portal to an unstable pocket dimension, warning the heroes of Earth that he is leaving because none of them will know how to deal with what he is going to become. Dot, dot, dot. Smashtronaut. <laughs> Smashtronaut. Okay. This is bizarre enough in the abstract. Like, what a fucking premise, right? What a premise. Also... None of that has happened. I don't. Where is this coming from? This what is, did this I was, miss? This was all off-panel between runs, right? Yeah. Did I miss an issue zero yeah. of Hulk of Banner figuring this of out? The El Paso uh, incident, or what, what happened in El Paso? So yeah. then I was starting to think: Was El Paso when the in Immortal Hulk when he got framed for losing his cool because mm. of uh, some machinations of the leader? I don't. I don't know what's going on. Okay, but. I read that, and I was thoroughly confused. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to know is, what the fuck does this look like on panel? What does Starship Hulk... Oh, that's a good question. ...look like? So, it starts out in the engine room. Okay. Where you have Hulk's psyche stuck behind a door, and he's trying to figure it out. But, this... It starts with an interesting... Um, uh, the monologue. Okay. Um, I'm not sure who it's from. The colors imply Iron Man, but I don't think it's him. Okay. Like the the colors of the colors the, of the, the caption. Of the, yeah, of the captions. So yeah. this is the start of where Donny Cates is coming from for Hulk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've long held a theory about the Hulk. I've never shared it before now. I've never shared it before now because, well, frankly, it terrifies me to my very core. We have always thought of the Hulk as the manifestation of Dr. Banner's trauma that he experienced as a child, or perhaps his id, his shadow, his fury, his rage. But what if, what if the Hulk is none of those things? What if he exists to protect us from Banner? Because Bruce Banner is the one that killed his father. Yeah. Hulk is not. Oh, shit. Okay. And so I was like, 
I've never had this question before. <laughs> that is a sweet. Oh wow, that that's a hell. I wouldn't say that this would be like my number one like explanation for the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody was like describe the Hulk to me, right? I wouldn't go to this. But what a cool concept to just play with for a run. Yeah. 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 So that was interesting. Yeah. All the while, while that's happening, it's more of a view of Hulk's psyche in the engine room. There's a giant, like, 100-foot door that he's stuck behind, and Hulk keeps on punching the door trying to get out, and he keeps on being stuck. His fists are getting bloodied trying to punch the door. And then we have a view in the, in, in the mental psyche space of the spaceship Hulk. And you have your typical spaceship locker room. (laughs) Betty shows up talking to Banner, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And uh, he's like, you shouldn't be here. She's like, I'm not technically here. I'm just in your brain. But you know that the Hulk is, like, just a kid. He's just a child. Mm. You can't be doing this to him. And he's like, "Uh, no. And then she's like, you can't blame him for El Paso. And he's like... He's like, the hell I can. <laughs> um, it's absolutely Hulk's fault. He needs to be put on timeout, basically, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. But then also, Trey are like coming off of Immortal Hulk, because there's been a lot of growth for Banner and the Hulks and all this other kind of stuff, Bruce has this kind of realization that down the line, Bruce is going to get old and die, but Hulk is immortal. Mm. So, oh, yeah. So the Hulk is always going to be here. Bruce is not, and they're going. They they take a step back in terms of like, from my opinion, in terms of like Bruce growth, because in this story, Bruce is kind of tapping into the whole like the Avengers don't want Banner. They don't trust me. They Mm. only want the Hulk because he's muscle. Yada yada yada, and. Yeah, and then he has this mantra for himself. Uh, He says, uh, these waves do not crash on me, they break on me, because I, I am strong. And that's that's a repeating thing that he says to himself to kind of center himself. So this is, a lot of this seems to be taking place sort of in his mind. All of this is in his mind. So what is, what is, do we ever get a physical, like, view of what, Starship Hulk yes. body looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that show me the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So okay. I will. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right, all right. But then so Doctor Strange somehow has found out about what Bruce has done with the, with the Hulkness. Okay. And he's trying to break it down to the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Yeah. And they're thoroughly lost. <laughs> and so is Strange. And he's like it's good to it's good that they're lampshading this that this is a crazy concept in universe as well as outside of yeah so they're responding to what happened in El Paso okay and they're like listen what happened in El Paso it's not great and it's like no like one death is too many yeah this was this was out of hand yada 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 and so Strange is going he's like I I don't know what he's built. I don't believe even I could have achieved it. I have scoured the earth, searching and questioning every mystic and omega-level telepath who could do such a thing, and nothing. 
He couldn't have built it himself. It doesn't make any sense. The magic required, it's beyond. <laughs> He's just like speechless. Yeah, He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how to say this without just saying it. But he's fractured his mind into parts, rebuilt it into, well, I believe he's turned the Hulk into a starship. And this is what Starship Hulk looks like. It's just... It's just Hulk with a with a helmet. It's Hulk with some uh, aim tech specifically. And he's got a... Oh, but, and he's got a jetpack. He's got a jetpack. Okay, so... Okay, so it's it's basically like... It's, it's not like... It's not like he built a, a fucking spaceship no. out of the Hulk's body. This is... Hulk with a jetpack and right. is able to survive in outer space. Yeah, and he's basically he's controlling it like a like a Gundam mech. <laughs> so okay, she, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you see from Bruce's perspective, he you, you're looking through the like visor oh. that's on top of yeah. Hulk's head, and he's legitimately just controlling it like a suit of armor. Interesting, kind of a thing. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we cut to we cut to. Starship Hulk fighting um, four Hulkbusters, and basically Bruce telling Tony, he's like, literally, every armor you've come up with has not been able to stop me. Why are you doing this? He's uh-huh. like, no, I have to stop you. You're not allowed in this in this room. Actually, Tony has a really interesting weapon that he uses here. It's a, a adamantium nanoparticle shrapnel. Oh. So he shoots a little thing at him, and then a bunch of basically nanotech adamantium stuff yeah and he creates like a net around his around his hand and adamantium being adamantium yeah it's kind of stuck it's very interesting and then we get the like connection between bruce and the hulk psyche in the engine room and he and so bruce has a control panel that he can shoot up from one to ten and um this entire time he's been at level zero Oh. And when he shoots it up to level one, stage one, an army shows up in the engine room. Oh, this for is Hulk to fight. Right, right. This is the third part of the the thing yeah. is the the Hulk psyche fueling the starship with rage. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, stage one is in endless army. We see a bunch of stages throughout the book. Cool. I was surprised. I thought they were going to keep it just a couple, uh-huh. and then like in like volume three, we'll see the later stages. Yeah. But no, yeah. we just, he just goes ham. So um, by turning it to stage one, he 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 gets extra stronger. He rips his hand off to get out of the. Uh, the adamantium particle thing. Some random shit happens. Um, he, he rips off one of the Hulkbuster gauntlets and replaces it and uses it as a, as a hand. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> no. biotechnically. <laughs> but fine, whatever. Um, and he uh, busts through because the big question is, you know, what is Bruce trying to get to? And he's getting to Project Arc. Is that a Iron Man master mold right there? Design wise, yes, but okay. actual, no. So this is this is the remnants of the symbiote celestial that that Iron Man took over with the extremist tech oh. in King and Black. God, that's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so and Donny Cates is writing this, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so using the latent celestial energies to create a wormhole to a pocket dimension. That so basically the idea is that's what 
Tony's coming up with this escape plan for civilians in like a extinction level event. Okay. So using a celestial tech, creating a portal to wherever he needs it to be to uh, save people. Banner found out about it. He wants to use it to remove himself from the playing field. And Tony's like, why? And he's like, because you won't be able to handle what I'm going to become. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> but Bruce has an idea, but he's just like, listen, you can't, you can't deal with me. And so by going through this portal, it sets off this automated message that tells people basically that. And that was the first issue. And that's when I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> I'm sold. Fine. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in going through this, like, between space, he he comes across these people that don't really matter. Also, okay, so this is drawn by Ryan Otley, okay. who did Invincible. Oh. Um, he okay. also had a run on Spider-Man and another one, but it doesn't matter. So Now that you say it, I, I definitely you, recognize. Yeah, this looks straight up like a Viltrumite. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's got the mustache. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it starts with you know, this guy and some other powered beings in interdimensional space. Uh, it says, you have, in you have entered the arterial dimension between space, a forbidden zone for mortals. I order you to turn your vessel around at once on behalf Half of the alternate universe timeline hazard operations response and intervention team, and starts with a Y, and so it stands for authority. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says, "Wait, stop, stop!" and and Hulk just smashes right through them. That um, it also looks very much like the style. This is Otley's art. Yeah, <laughs> this is very much Otley's art. <laughs> lots of uh, dismembered body parts and gore everywhere. Yeah. Hulk or Bruce is asleep at the helm, and so like Hulk Starship, Starship Hulk is on autopilot and just okay. smashing through everything. Oh man! And then as he comes to, there's this thing that was searching for gamma energy, and is grabbing Hulk and pulling him away. And he's like, "Damn it, Avengers! You just couldn't take no for an answer. Mm. Um, how dare you?" And the computer is just like. You don't have enough power to get away from this thing. He's like, "Oh, you want more power here?" And so he clicks it. Up, he clicks the engine room up to level two. Stage <laughs> two is monsters. <laughs> so you've got like Orgo, Fin Fang Foom. I forget what his name is, and two other monsters. I don't. I don't know. So anyway, this whole time, the Hulk psyche is just like Banner. You gotta let me out, Banner. Stop doing this. Stop. 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 Okay. Banner. 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 Anyway, so he's going through, he's fighting all of these monsters, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't have enough power to get away from the, whatever these energy tendrils all are. And so he goes up to level three. Level three is giant-sized Wolverine. <laughs> um, design, in the same design as when he first showed up in yep. Hulk 81 or whatever yep. issue it was. With the small face um, wings and the whiskers. Yeah. I'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and so now it's a, and by giant size Wolverine, I mean like a 300 foot tall yeah. Wolverine. Like he's um, running up his arms. Yeah. And so they're fighting and then, but Starship Hulk is still getting pulled through. Betty shows up in the, in the, in, in the control room again is teasing Bruce, yada, 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 gets pulled through and he's like, what the hell is happening? Shows up in some random 
lab and the person that brought him in, he's like, hey, I don't mean you any harm. My name is Dr. Bruce Banner. So we have an alternate universe, Dr. Bruce Banner, yep. who pulled in this Hulk. And then the next issue, we get a flash of what happened in El Paso. Oh, so we cool. haven't, we don't know what yeah, happened in El Paso yeah, yeah. yet. So now we actually know or cool, are cool. finding out. And it's, I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> but basically, it looked like a bar fight gone wrong. Oh. And Bruce came to outside of the bar of a burning bar. A bunch of people are dead, and Bruce is trying to figure out what it was. And this giant black shadowy figure shows up, and kind of reminds me of the Shadow King. It does. Remin- it's reminiscent of Shadow King, but like musclier. Sure. And then that's all we get as far as what happened in El Paso, and then. We get Starship Hulk talking to alternate universe Bruce, trying to figure out what's going on. And Bruce, basically we get a background story of this world that he made a G-bomb, a gamma bomb. It worked. Military was all about it. Used it to take over the world. (laughs) And so the American government is top dog, and uh, but the world turned gamma. Mm. And all thanks to Bruce, he's he has become death, the story of worlds, and everyone, so many people on this earth are dead. And some people had reactions to the gamma and became sure. mutates, and this is kind of what they look oh, like. Wow, that is disgusting. Yeah, just like... This is kind of like a Modoc, <laughs> like a Modoc baby Hulk. This is like Hulk dog. A, a, just a Hulk with multiple faces and multiple like yeah. insect legs. Yeah, you have a She-Hulk. Just yeah. So the ones that have survived are, or there are the Gamma mutates, and then there are like the survivors uh, of just like a completely decimated Earth. And this banner explains that he's trying to. Uh, sorry. His boss told him to get those gamma mutates and shunt them off into a different dimension to Mm. save Earth. And so now this Bruce wants to reach back out, get one of them, bring them back, and try to cure the gamma off of them. Okay. Starship Hulk is like, who the hell's in charge? This is ridiculous. And it's his father, well, father-in-law, President mm-hmm. Ross. Boy. So Thunderbolt Ross is president of the United States here. Oh, and this is Earth-122. In this world, because of the rise in gamma power, Stark has a fall from grace, and he drinks himself to death. The X-Men get preemptively taken out. The mutants get preemptively taken out because more and more have been showing up <laughs> as... <laughs> as has happened in 616. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, Xavier's school got, got gamma nuked. Jeez. So, yeah. And then, uh, so a gamma signature is found, but it's it's Starship Hulk, but Ross sends the army at Bruce to take them out, and the this army has stronger weapons than, than Bruce is used to, so he sends... Uh, Starship Hulk to stage four, stage four being Marvel Zombies. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then they have it out, yada yada yada, comic book fights, and then oh, they send this kid that 
122 Bruce had basically adopted and brought in, and it's a Gamma Peter Parker, oh. who is giant Spider-Hulk man. Uh, fighting ensues. Uh, Bruce needs more power, so he goes to stage five, which are gods. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, stage five out of ten? Oh, yeah. And stage five is gods. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? <laughs> so Bruce is fighting, like, Loki, a uh, Cinder, a Odin, a Thor, a Sith. Sure. Beta Ray Bill, a bunch of people. So he's the increased power to take out the giant uh, Spider-Man guy. Okay. While Ross is interrogating 122 Bruce, uh, he says that, um, I was trying to solve the bioways problem. All those, those things we sent through the portal, they had to go somewhere, right? And this is the first time I've ever seen a tag to be like, it will. We are going to see that in Hulk number nine. Oh, in the same in the future. In the same volume, it's coming back. Next volume. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well. Sorry. Ne- same. Same title. run. Yeah. 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 So he's, and I've never seen a tag for a future article, a future issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been like, forward. yeah, look back at this, You're that, right. and the other. Uh, so that was interesting. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, check it out in uh, Hulk nine when it comes out. And uh, Scorched Earth policy from Ross because nothing is stopping uh, Starship Hulk. Betty, basically, because of all the damage, the in the control room is getting damaged. Bruce gets out of the chair. Bet this Betty goes and takes over, and she's like, "I'm I'm not actually Betty, you know that, right?" Mm. And she pumps it up to stage six, which is demons, <laughs> like Dormammu and the Hood and Mephisto and all these other beings and then ross lets out the big gamma monsters that turns out he had been taking into custody to use as weapons to take over other countries and other continents yada yada and then betty gets completely basically completely gets rid of bruce from the engine for from the control room pumps it up to nine skipping seven and eight we don't even know what it is yeah we don't know what seven and eight is go pumps it up to nine and gets these like eye beams for smash for, <laughs> for for starship hulk oh we don't even see what what uh nine is in um, the engine room we get it looks like a kree invasion which okay. i feel like is a step down from from gods and demons right yeah but it it says that in here it's oh, so oh, yeah this is okay. stage nine galactus phoenix force living tribunal thanos the inhuman royal family the entire kree army that seems more in line this seems more <laughs> although yeah. it's it looks like hulk galactus right yeah, and, she, and it talks about that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So Cage abuse and made to perform level violence to the man that will look insane. It's cruel and inhumane. I've throttled the engine to stage 9. It's my understanding that stage 10 is purely hypothetical. I was going to say that stage 10 is probably his dad. Right? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't know. So stage 9 includes and combined might of the Kree, the Shi'ar, the Inhumans, Silver Surfer, and the so-called Universal Constants, like <laughs> Living Tribunal, Thanos, Adam Warlock, and the Phoenix Force. Ah, uh, yes. And Galactus, who, for whatever reason, appears to be a Hulk. <laughs> um, yeah. Are, are we sure Jason Aaron didn't write this? Right? I'm getting some <laughs> real Jason Aaron vibes. <laughs> but anyway, so this leads to... Whatever this Betty personality thing is 
going towards and talks about, it seems to me, well, everyone gets a Hulk these days. Bruce has a Hulk. Rick had a Hulk. Ross had a Hulk. Jennifer has a Hulk. Amadeus had a Hulk. Hell, even God has a Hulk. <laughs> so really, it's, it's unfair, isn't it? I mean, why can't the Hulk have a Hulk? Here we fucking go. Hey, dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like hulks. Yeah. So you can put a hulk in... We put a hulk in your hulk so you can smash while you smash. Exactly. So this is the Hulk's Hulk. Oh, my God. According to Donny Cates. It's so, just a, a volcano. A giant black red energy... Clawed. Yeah. Super clawed Hulk with... Two energy smokestacks on his shoulders. Yeah. And, and he, he just eats bombed. Gamma. Oh. And he's wild. It's yeah. crazy. I don't fully get... So what I thought this was going to go to was Devil Hulk. Because Devil Hulk refused to be a player in Immortal Hulk. Mm. Throughout the entire time, he was never on board. But they always knew he was around. And they talked about him. They're like, yeah, he just want to be here. He just want to be part of this conversation. <laughs> so I thought they were going to go with Devil Hulk, not Hulk Hulk. <laughs> Hulk Squared. I don't know what we're calling this. <laughs> I don't think it has a name yet. I, I, I like Hulk Squared. <laughs> but while that's happening, Bruce in the brain space... Has his little mon- does his little mantra, and then so this is it's implied that it's Kid Hulk in the engine room, okay, which is like the first Hulk, okay, the Hulk with the bad manners, oh, not bad, the bad grammar, yeah, and uh, probably also bad manners, super strong, yeah. yes. So he is losing the battle at stage nine, mm. and he's like begging for Banner to come back, and comic books shenanigans. Betty gets less and less Betty-like, and it start turning starts turning into this like black zombie. Yeah, she's thing. had like for for quite a few pages now, just like all black eyes and tendrils coming out of yeah. her eyes. And she yeah. says, "You have no power here." But anyway, he says, "I know," and but he does, and he opens the door to the engine room, and out comes Hulk, and out comes super raging Hulk. Um, there's a whole conversation that I skipped between the Betty and Bruce being like you understand what happens to animals when they're in cages and they finally get loose. Mm. What happens when the Hulk finally gets out of his cage? Yeah. And so now we get to see it and he's just very angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in doing all this Hulk Hulk loses its power I guess. But then Bruce manifests in the engine room because psyche you could do whatever you want when it's in the mindscape yeah yeah yeah. um and then hulk says hi and he says welcome home and then bruce runs out of the engine room and tells the body to begin repair sequence uh and so the the starship hulk starts repairing But then as he's running out of the engine room and the door's closing, Hulk says, Hulk, sorry. And then it closes. So don't know what's going on there. Okay. But I assume it has to do with El Paso. Mm. I'm assuming that this is, that it's Kid Hulk. Kid Hulk got scared. Or (laughs) I hate to think that Hulk has a new body count. So, sure. because that's always been the kind of like distinction about Hulk is like 
all the rage that Hulk has had and all the fury, yeah. he's never killed. Or at mm. least tried not to kill. Yeah, yeah. So, whatever happened in El Paso, I want it to be something else. I sure. want I want it to be like the Hulk Hulk came out. Mm. And Hulk is sorry for letting that Hulk out. Oh. Or something. Okay. I don't know. But he says he's sorry. Sure. And then we're back to stage one, basically, of... Hulk psyche in the engine room, Bruce in control, and Starship Hulk getting out of there. I don't think we're going to need to care about Earth-122 anymore, but it ends with this gold-laced Mjolnir flying at Starship Hulk when, they're, when he's in between dimensions. Okay. Is this going to cross over with Thor, you think? I don't know whose hammer that is. Oh, yeah. Because this is... <sighs> <laughs> so Mjolnir, well, one Mjolnir uh, in Donny Cates' Thor is missing. Oh, but it was intact. <laughs> right. It was. This, laced is, this in looks this like gold. it's been destroyed and and put together. Yeah, put back it, together. It, it with looks like an, it looks like an MCU type. Yeah. Uh, Mjolnir. So I don't know what this is, but it is. Its path is is bifrosty. Hmm. But yeah, and then it's called Banner of War. Okay. That's the next thing. And then there's a part from the annual, which is basically just when Hulk raided AIM to get his tech. Get cool. the tech to, be, to make the... Uh, to make the... Um, yeah. Starship. Cool. Very strange. Yeah. But I really liked it. It was surprisingly fun. I'm really curious what stage 10 is going to be. And yeah, I mean... Part they did so much in this that part of you is like, how the heck are they going to continue a run after this? Like, right. They've really kind of established a status quo and then yeah. flipped, flipped the whole thing on its head within the end of the... It like explored what seems like most of the available <laughs> content yeah. of that premise and then flipped and then subverted it and then done more with that after, mm-hmm. like by the end of the first trade. So... Yeah, it makes me curious how this becomes a sustained run, but I'm looking forward to, to hearing me about more. Me too. So, on top of that, it's like, what is the Hulk's Hulk? <laughs> like, so, other times we've come across, like, the quote-unquote evil Hulk or whatever. Sure. There's been the Devil Hulk, which is just kind of... If you literally just took Hulk, took Hulk gave it horns, and <laughs> gave it, like... Black fiery brimstone kind of look. Okay, sure. That's Devil Hulk. Okay. The other time was Clue, which is K L U H Hulk backwards, because because uh. Hulk got axes flipped. Okay. And he became black, <laughs> with red eyes and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But neither of those seem to be this Hulk's Hulk. Mm. So I'm curious. There's a part of me that wants to. Sit Donny Cates down and be like, why Hulk Hulk and not something that's been established before? But I think yeah. he just wants to do something new. Cool. Okay. So I want to explore that more. I want to know about El Paso. I want to... I bet you're right that stage 10 is his dad. Or his self-doubt. or Right. Something. Yeah. But it is interesting to me that to have something that is a stage 10 and have it be hypothetical and not an established, like, yeah, force. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And then this whole, we still don't know what Bruce knows he's going to become that the Avengers won't be able to stop. Mm. Um, so. <laughs> the Hulk's Hulk, Hulk, the Hulk's Hulk's Hulk. Right? Like, because you could just keep going with this forever. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk to the fourth. Right? Uh, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Dep- it depends on what you, how you react to it. But I think it could be fun. And what writer doesn't like taking something old and just flipping it on its and head? Smashing. Oh, just yeah. lots and lots of smashing. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So uh, then we got Daredevil, Woman Without Fear. This is written by Zdarsky as well. Yeah. And it's more of a side story. Okay. But it's more just Elektra coming to terms with how do I, a trained assassin, be Daredevil and not kill? Because mm. um, it starts with her staring down Fisk, being like, a lesser me would kill you right now. Okay. <laughs> and she talks about his files, because Kingpin, apparently, has a detailed file on all the people that he pays attention to. So he's got an electric fi- electrophile, he has a Daredevil file, and we saw when he went on his honeymoon with Typhoid Mary, because they're married now. Um, so gross. Right? He, his file on Daredevil doesn't have the identity. It's, like, wiped off. Huh. It's blank. Okay. Um, but, obviously, he can't show that, so... But it starts with Kingpin telling Elektra that someone bought his file. and Or bought her file, sorry. Mm. Bought Electra's file, and that it came with a caveat of, I'm just to give you this message. And the message is, you are to meet this person where you first tried to recruit the original Daredevil. I think they throw in original Daredevil because she's currently acting as Daredevil. Right, yeah. And she's like, okay, fine. So she wants to know who bought her file. Uh, so she goes to her old, the, old, the university where they met, Lincoln New University or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she sees this person who looks like a generic Japanese lady. Um, <laughs> okay. I should just, like... Okay. She looks very... Sure. Like, your typical Japanese bangs, straight Japanese hair. Yeah. Anyway, her name is Aka, which is Japanese for red. Mm. And we find out through this book that she is the one who trained Electra after she trained with Stick the first time. Huh. So, so when she was 12, she went and trained with Stick for five years, and then she left him, and then Aka showed up and is the one that uh, trained her with patience and saw her for her and recruited her to the hand. Okay. Also keeping in mind that Electra is recruiting, it has been trying to recruit Matt to help her form the fist which, mm. according to prophecy, is what will destroy the hand once and for all. Okay. Because why not? So, <laughs> yeah, sure. So Akka shows up and is like, you're trying to take down the hand. How dare you? And don't know where that's going to go, but she shows up a couple times and basically, yeah. I should say that Akka is the one who trained her to attack silently. Mm. Um, in a lot of like martial arts and competitions, when you see stuff in displays, they always let the ha ah, ah, ha mm. ah. mm-hmm. ha, um, and I assume Stick did that too. And Akka is like, "You're giving yourself away. Mm. You need to learn how to attack without word." So that's kind of cool. But turns out, Craven is the one who bought Electra's file. So huh. the two of them have a fight. Which okay, 
Like, I'm for, but I'm not. Hmm. I'm for because they're both, quote unquote, just human. Sure. And they're both killers and they're both yeah. fighters. Yeah. Cool. However, they made Craven much more of a competent hand to hand fighter than in my mind he's been. Hmm. In my mind, like, a hunter isn't a fighter. Sure. Like, it's two different yeah. paths. Totally. Yep. And Craven traditionally is like at one with nature. And at one with the beast. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. To have him be able to go toe-to-toe with a trained ninja throws me off a little bit. Yeah, it's a big up jump. Yeah. But she gets the upper hand by getting him into a dark room. And, <laughs> and like, I guess ninjas just don't have a sense, so you can't track her. But, again, it's like you're using a character for your story. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Do you, whatever. Okay. But... Akka gets back after this like lost battle. Akka gets back to wherever her base is, and this old lady is like, "You're obsessed with Electra trying to bring her back." She's like, "Oh, she'll she'll come back. She's reforming the fist. That's not cool. We need to deal with it." And then they go into this other room, and the old lady says, "Apologies for keeping you waiting, my lord." And this off, I'm I'm am just gonna show you the reveal in a second. Okay, okay, but okay. This off-panel voice says, "Don't mind waiting as long as I'm there when the killing starts." And I don't understand how this is Frank Castle, <laughs> <laughs> but the Punisher apparently is working with a hand. It says, "Hmm, what Frank Castle wants, Frank Castle gets. We live to serve, the to hell? be continued in Punisher." What the hell? Okay, sure. Yeah, so you have a Frank Castle with some a little bit of armor, and then also instead of the classic skull, yeah. it's like a skull with like horns and fangs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I could... Okay, conceptually, this is kind of my problem with Frank Castle in general, mm. of just like... He kills bad guys, but only the bad guys that are within his, like, radar. Right, yeah. Because, like, he's never going to go and kill Magneto. Right. He's never going to go and kill Red Skull. He's never going to go and kill, like, you know, Martin Shkreli or something. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, but then on top of that, why take this leadership position with people who seem to be connected to the hand? Yeah. Like, why are not why are the hands not on your radar for ones you should kill? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't check out completely for me, but it's going to be continued in Punisher. We'll find out. Sure, that, sure. sure. <laughs> um, the last thing that happened is, oh gosh, okay, last volume of Daredevil. Matt went up against an old classmate of his um, in a case. In Daredevil 22, where it was Matt Murdock versus... His name is... They keep on calling him Goldie. That's like his nickname. Sure. But he was an old classmate in college. We've seen him once before. And then he saw Elektra when she went to the college. And then at the end, they cross paths again. And Goldie is upset. Elektra's like, why? What's going on? He says, Matt. Matt's dead. Murdered in his apartment. Huh. I, they said there was an eyewitness. It's almost impossible to believe, but the main suspect is Mayor Fisk. 
And the asterisk for murder in his apartment is see Devil's Reign number five. Well. So, yeah. We've got some crosstalk here. So, yeah. Devil's Reign comes out in a couple weeks. So, holy crap. Here we go. Okay. Um, yeah. So, she, she's she been using a side that is flat-ended because she's been Daredevil. So she can't, like, right. stab people. Yeah. And so she goes to a wall and, like, scrapes it into a point, And she's just like, Goldie, I'm going to go kill the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and as she walks off, Goldie says, I know, Electra, that's always been the plan. So, okay. Okay. And so see, we continued in Devil's Reign. Sure. So, Devil's Reign now. Some, part of the plot is Matt's going to get killed. Yeah. Which or, I think is or, a first. Or we're going to... Or we're led to assume that he's been Or killed. Mike gets killed. Or Mayor Fisk is framed for the murder of... Could be Mike. a number of things. Right? We so, don't know. Uh, right? Uh. I will say, though, if Matt does get killed, yeah. I think that's a first for Daredevil. Wow. I'm pretty sure. It's a big thing. To, to lose your death virginity at this I know. Point. They're popping his death cherry. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm so excited for Devil's Reign. This is the first I've heard about anything Devil's Reign related. So, okay. Yeah. Because, like, I, you know, I don't have John to, like, mm. talk about random things with yeah. for, like, storylines and stuff. I don't follow, like, ads that, right. like, whatever my ad sense is, it doesn't have Marvel Comics. <laughs> Interesting. It's all, like, Legos and, and yeah. model kits and shit. So, okay. because I guess my comics are physical, whereas everything else I'm doing, like, actual research on online right. and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Devil's Reign, but yeah. now I know Matt's involved and he might die. Okay. <laughs> So that was that's that is interesting. There's another uh, issue in here that explores actually Typhoid Mary and the balance between the the characters because hmm. uh, there's there's mm-hmm. there's Mary, there's Typhoid, and there's Bloody Mary. Right, are the yep. three personalities yep. uh, within her. Mary is the shy, timid one. Mm-hmm. Bloody Mary. Is the extreme anti? I didn't. I didn't know this part, but <laughs> uh, super anti man. Yeah, extreme male. misandrist. Yeah, <laughs> and then typhoid is the telekinetic. Like I, I don't know which one is the pyrokinetic. I think I think Mary is, yeah. but I don't know for sure. <laughs> but typhoid is the telekinetic, and she's the like. Bounty hunter. Like, yeah. Whereas Bloody Mary just wants to destroy literally everything. Well, anything man yeah, 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 yeah. And in this issue, Electra tells Bloody Mary that she, her body, has actually killed women before. <laughs> and she's like, excuse me? <laughs> so that was interesting. Okay. But yeah. And then we, so we talk about this psychiatrist that has been working with Mary has been getting them has like introduced hypnotic suggestion words that gets that helps each personality like lose control like become Mm. less become more dormant and typhoid has become kind of the prime the prime personality and they actually had a conversation about like this like octopus theory about the eight 
tentacles have their own like semi-brains they have their own like neurons mm. that act independently of each other mm-hmm. made me want to reach out to like the ethics boys <laughs> and, and saren to okay. be like is this actually based on something or? sure yeah it was it's an it's an interesting issue but turns out i don't know if this i assume this was established before but they touch on it here that electra and mary were in the same like girls orphanage together way back when huh and they like helped each other out back in the day. Okay. And so that was that was kind of interesting. And then there's like these little like one page little mini comics. One that is a take on Matt and Stick tying exact right out of uh, Calvin, Calvin and Hobbs. Hobbs. Yep. Uh, where Stick is is Hobbs and Maddie and Matt is Calvin. Um, another one for. I don't know. That's Heathcliff style, right? Is it right? Heathcliff? Yeah, it's definitely... You've got Punisher rooting around in some uh, some garbage cans like Heathcliff. Yeah, so um, it, Electra and Punisher are, are fighting the hand, and uh, Punisher is like, I don't get it. Lately, everything you do has been mercenary, all for money, but today we're battling a faction of the hand with no client or payoff. Why? And then they sit there and... <laughs> And Electra's like, I've invested heavily in Arrow Futures. Pick them up. We can sell them back as inventory. <laughs> like, just conceptually, <laughs> just broke me. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, like, they probably make their own arrows. But if they're buying their arrows, mm-hmm. man, that's a great thing to invest in. <laughs> oh, and then they have um, Good Night, Moon Night. Yeah. Little book. And then the Daredevils. I have a little meeting because Iron Fist, Black Panther, and Spider-Man have all masqueraded as Daredevil before. And then Bullseye shows up and he's like, me too. And they're like, no, no villains. Sorry. <laughs> they're like, oh, come on. And it's just kind of a funny little oh, thing. That's good. But that was all Elektra issue number 100. And then they, so they have the a... full Marvel legacy like tracking or whatever. Yeah. So then they have a uh, cover gallery of all the 100 issues of Elektra. Cool. It, which is funny because in my 20 years of reading... I've only read the last 23 issues of Electra because <laughs> all of her solo titles have been in the like 90s, 90s and yeah. stuff. And some of the covers are super 90s, mm-hmm. like some of these. Yeah. Just, just kind of fun. Anyway, so that was cool and a great tease for Devil's Reign whenever that comes up. Not whenever. I know yeah. when it's coming up, but <laughs> when it comes up. Yep. Yeah. So then Thor. Thor, God of Hammers. Last volume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Previously <laughs> on Thor. Um, <laughs> so Mjolnir's gotten randomly moody and heavy, and Thor's unable to lift. Thor has this theory that it's because he's been focusing on being a king, the king mm-hmm. of Asgard, and not a warrior going out and fighting and smiting. Sure. So um, he leaves the hammer at Avengers Tower, and then literally in the exact same issue, Cap hits him up, and he's like, hey, hammer's gone. And he's like, what the fuck? So he goes to Throg, and he's like, I need you to discreetly find my hammer, because Sif can't even see where it is. Okay. Sif currently being the taking Heimdall's position. Okay. Heimdall and Sif are brother and sister. Heimdall cannot... Heimdall has no eyes right now. He is actually Shh, blind. That seems like a problem for... It, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> for a person in his position. I agree. So, like, in War of the Realms, Daredevil took his spot for a little bit. Okay. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, but then, since then, Sith has been okay. uh, the keeper of the Bifrost. Anyway, so Throg basically recruits the pet Avengers <laughs> to go and find uh, the hammer. Okay. And pet Avengers being, like, Lockheed, yeah. Throg, Lockjaw, sometimes... I think his name is Binks, Speedball's cat that has the same powers as Speedball. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He shows up from time to time. Gravy. But yeah, so anyway, so that's what happened last volume. Okay. So we start with eons and eons and eons ago when the Titans fought. The Elder Gods, the Ancient Giants, Black Winter, the God Tempest, the King of Black, the Phoenix. So just to review those Mm. four things. No big um, deal. The Black Winter being the reason why the sixth cosmos died and created the seventh cosmos used galactus to be his herald for this cosmos but thor has since fought and killed using galactus as a bomb the god tempest is was a galaxy-wide storm the first storm that odin captured within mjolnir and we started getting that backstory during mighty thor Okay. And then we have the King in Black, which is Null, who created the first death, which <laughs> I arguably is the father of death, but that's fine. And then the Phoenix is the Phoenix. Yes. Everyone knows the Phoenix. Yes. All right. So in this battle, you have two things, two giant things who aren't any of those. <laughs> using planets as weapons. Um, and so in this fight, one of them broke a planet on the other one's face, and that and a piece flew off, and it supposedly was going to be the thing that killed the dinosaurs, but it destroyed the planet, so it's not that. And then <laughs> pieces of that planet busted off into and onto the moons, and the moons... And just and, real fucking billiard balls yes. in this shit. And a piece came off, and then this piece is the Uru that got turned into Mjolnir. Okay. That's the only reason why that's worth talking about. Yeah. And then you have a flashback to when Mighty Thor, Jane Foster, fought the Mangog and tied the Mangog up and threw Mjolnir into the sun, defeating the Mangog, theoretically getting um, destroying Mjolnir in the process, and then Mjolnir showed up randomly in an event recently. I forget exactly when. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, so that's all like history stuff. Thor is trying to find, trying to find his hammer, and he wants Sif to send him to go talk to his dad. And we get introduced to this place, which I am okay. Physically, is a giant hand. Think nowhere, which is a giant celestial say, head, yeah. but a giant celestial, not probably not celestial hand. Yeah, and the five fingers are chained up and holding. A giant like fighting pit coliseum. Yeah, and and each of the the finger the fingernails is lifted up, and there are spectator stands. Yeah. underneath. Yeah, it's wild. This is it said. This is no earthly transition for the arena. Bef- translation: There is no earthly translation for the arena before you. No common tongue that agrees on its origin. So it's basically saying. Yeah. But like somewhere, I have a problem with places like this. Because this is not the first time that I have read, it is home to the most vile, vicious, and barbaric acts in any realm charted or unknown. Well, of course. (laughs) But, like, 
anytime I come across a description like that, I expect to see something nasty. And... <laughs> Like, I yeah. want something that I legitimately have not seen on that paper before. It's going to shock you. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. No. And, and that's fine. But, like, it's a family there, needs, there needs to be other ways to describe places and its heinousness mm. without saying things you've never seen before. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like there to be that. I do not know what that is, mm. and I'm not a writer, so I don't really need to know. <laughs> but like, I just, I just that for a quick second, it took me out of the book. Okay. And just like made this little like mental note of a complaint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this place has been called the Gauntlet, the Black Hand of God, the Pit. Doesn't matter. Is a giant arena where people fight for you know visual pleasure. Odin is fighting in this. Thor shows up and saves Odin from getting destroyed and Thor's like you need to help me find my damn hammer because your magics are waning on on the enchantments like hmm. on the enchantments on the hammer so like you need to help clean up your mess sir so <laughs> they go to Nidavellir and everyone is dead oh Every, all the dwarves on Nidavellir are just no more wow like the forge is destroyed, and everyone has been killed by a hammer. Everyone's been smashed. No one's been cut. Everyone's been smashed. All um, bludgeoning damage. Yes. Wow. And it is, it's clear to Odin and Thor that it's been done by Mjolnir. Huh. So you go to the next issue where you have scenes of other battlefields across the, ni- the Ten Realms of people have been just bludgeoned constantly and every single like Muspelheim's been messed up the veneer are have been all but destroyed heaven is in ruins like all of them have been smashed by uru and then you cut to thor putting Eitri down in the ground and you see that thor and odin have dug graves for all of the dwarves and then they get pulled to Jotunheim. Jotunheim. And we see a bunch of frost giants have been killed. Mm. And Loki is like, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> um, have, you, uh, have you lost your hammer, <laughs> sir? <laughs> and so the three of them have a conversation to talk about it. I should say that in the Book of Kings, Thor has read of the god of hammers. Huh. Um, he's, he tells Okay, Sith so this. this isn't just a reference to Thor Ragnarok. Right. The the book title here actually has some story relevance. Yeah, right? So he says, there is a book, a great tome of kings. It's it's pages hidden from all but the rightful king of Asgard. Within its pages, it tells of the past of my father and my grandfather before him, of the titans that formed this realm and all the rest. And it also speaks of prophecy, of things to come. I have been reading it for days and I have not even eaten or slept. It speaks of a great storm, the likes of which we never, we have never seen, brought forth by Mjolnir, wielded by a being known as the God of Hammers. The book says this being will kill the golden king of Asgard, quote, and his soul will be trapped in the fire forevermore. Well, that doesn't sound like something you'd want to let happen to yourself. Yeah, and like Thor's... Blonde, but I don't know if he's really the Golden King. <laughs> but whatever. So Thor has to sit down with Odin and Loki, and he's so, like... Real quick, I'm pretty sure it's the case that in like the Norse 
mythos or or like ancient Norse, mm-hmm. they had red and gold be basically the same color. Mm. And so in a lot of Norse myths, Thor is a ginger. Right. Yeah. The original thing is he is he's a redhead. Yeah. Yeah. Fiery red beard and it's it it's both described as gold, but it's the mm. you know a translation thing basically. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I find that interesting. Sorry. I agree. So maybe so maybe Volstag Yes. Will be King the Volstag. golden king. <laughs> <laughs> so Odin is or Thor's like, who's the god of hammers? And Odin's like, it's a myth, don't worry about it. And he's like, I'm not asking you, I'm asking Loki. And Loki's like, Well <laughs> <laughs> the prophecy, this myth is real. And so He's like, we need to figure it out. And as they're talking, Sif and Throg show up, and they look horrified. And they're like, you need to come with us now. Oh. And then we flash to Broxton. Oh. Broxton, Oklahoma is obliterated. Oh. Recently. And just like skulls and bone and charred ground all over. Thor cries. And he feels the coming of Mjolnir. And he's like, oh, finally. To me, Mjolnir. Oh, wait. And, he, and it's basically attacking him. And then we finally find out. He's like, who, you know, who's wielding you? What's going on? Show yeah. yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And says, oh, you know my name. You've always known it. I am the god of hammers. I am Mjolnir. Oh. And so basically, if you know the history of the Thor books that came up to this, you know that the god storm was trapped inside Mjolnir, and it's been eternally re- referred to as a she. So this seems to be yeah. a personified god storm wielding Mjolnir. It does have boobs, yes. so therefore the, it, it has, <laughs> has breast energy. Boobs. It has breast. It's slender and long hair. <laughs> right. You would assume. <laughs> <laughs> this is always the thing that bothers me. It's like, oh, we have this reptilian alien species. Put boobs. Give on her it. boobs. It's like reptiles yeah. don't have memory. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's the end of the second issue. And Jeez. that's yeah. Donny Cates goes hard. He does, dude. And I'm curious about what's going on with this other thing that he starts hinting towards. So he starts the next issue with, <laughs> hey. <laughs> We've thrown a lot of things into the sun. <laughs> um, he's not wrong, right? Because like the first page is just the sun. Remember, remember the uh, there was like a whole during the like dark event or like the basically the Bendis era like civil war to to siege mm-hmm. and every time sentry was around there's like that guy throws, he just throws into he the just sun. throws shit into the fuck man i don't want to get thrown into the sun <laughs> right it became a meme within the comics <laughs> yeah yeah i'm yeah. just like we'll just throw into the sun it's fine <laughs> but so the first page is a picture of the sun and <laughs> the quote says, "There's only so much darkness one can throw into the sun before it's before the star turns black." 
And you're like, oh, gods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for over four billion years, Earth's sun has burned the hearts of countless evils to cinders and bones and atoms. But along the way, the light has been infected, the well poisoned. God. And now, a new evil grows in the furnace of Midgard, slowly evolving, growing stronger every day, waiting, waiting for destiny to arrive. But this story <laughs> of this ancient evil spreading, reaching out from the flames, of the untold destruction it will bring upon the universe, the total and complete extinction it will herald, that story is not ready to be told. Okay, Kai. You do okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so that entire time, it's it's going back and forth between panels of zooming in on the sun and then showing what Thor is, that Thor's getting his ass handed to him by a, a hammer. Yeah. And there's this growing black shadow in the middle of the sun, and then it's like, we'll do it that later. <laughs> Donnie, how dare Guy. you? How dare you? Anyway, so we get back to Midgard, and significantly, th- so we're on, this is issue 23, 22, 21, <laughs> 21 or 22, doesn't matter, sure. of Donny Cates' Thor, and this is the first time Thor has gotten his ass handed to him. Mm. Every other villain he's gone up, every other thing he's gone up against, including Galactus, yeah. He has toyed with. Yeah. Because this is God Thor. I'm right. um, not God Thor. This is King <laughs> Thor yeah. that we're dealing with here. And he is just getting manhandled, God handled, <laughs> all by this like expressionless lightning being. Mm-hmm. Thor can't lift the hammer, and the hammer tries to drown him in a lake. Damn. And so he hits the lake with lightning and fries all the water so he doesn't drown. Huh. But like, oh my gosh. <laughs> They're going hard. That's crazy. And then, so he's like, fine, let's fight. And he creates a sword out of lightning, which was really cool. And they go to fight and he goes to make a punch and Mjolnir holds up the hammer in front of his hand and he breaks his arm on the hammer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, gross. There's like sh- shards of bone and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's wild. Ugh. Yeah, I agree. And then Odin comes in to stop uh, the god storm from getting a finishing blow. Sif shows up and bifrosts Mjolnir and the god storm to the farthest place from here. Whatever that is. Sure, why not? But it's a weird looking place. And then uh, we find out, according to Odin, he says, Sif just sent that thing beyond the farthest point of known existence, an endless abyss beyond the eyes of even the most ancient abstract primordial gods, a place so remote and far that there is no way of calculating its distance. You're like, okay, buddy. Um, (laughs) But regardless, by the end of this page, the hammer shows up again. Of so, course. you know, yeah. did, did, did it get that far? I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyway, it basically Batman Bane's Odin, breaks his back, and, like, the first thing Odin says is, my, my legs. Like, he's been paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. Mjolnir's back. Thor is just beaten. He's one-handed again. Then we get this little, like, an actual conversation slash monologue from... The Godstorm, uh, and says, uh, "No, no, I am a hammer to be worthy 
of me is to break, to smash, to destroy. And you with your throne and your crown and your speeches, well, this isn't the first time I've grown tired of you, is it? And he says, Jane. Yes, Jane. She threw me into the sun and you left me broken and left me to burn. But you see, I wasn't alone in the sun. There was something else there, something powerful, and we burned together. And then we were remade as one. Its spirit became entangled with mine, its soul inside of me, Thor says no. And I awoke with a voice, with the rage of a billion billion beings and by saying that <laughs> yeah. you know exactly who it's going to be because this is what the other person says all the time with the rage of the Mangog so Mangog is the only surviving thing from its realm world thing whatever uh, and it has the rage and strength of a billion billion souls okay and Mangog is gore before gore was gore. <laughs> uh, Mangog thrives on killing gods and specifically has a thing against Odin and the Norse gods. And he's never... Every time you think he's killed, he just comes back. He seems to be immortal. Sure. The last time we saw him, again, was when you know Lady Thor threw him into the sun. <laughs> but like it took the... He couldn't be killed. He couldn't yeah. be stopped. Sure. That was the reason why they threw him into the sun right. at the expense of losing Mjolnir, which meant losing Jane to cancer. Like, it was sure. it was a huge sacrifice play. It was a big deal. But Mangog is not to be trifled with. Yeah. And so Mangog burning up at the same time as the Godstorm and Thor, they've their spirits have mingled. The Godstorm finally has a voice. And that's what's going on. Interesting. So that was issue 21. Ha. So the next issue is Beta Ray Bill has gone and recruited. Also, they have this, they do this art. Um, I like this art. A good amount where you have a central person yeah. who is doing the talking and then a bunch of... A bit of um, montage kind of. Yeah, a little know. montage in the background of the recruitment or who have, of other things that are happening. So Beta Ray Bill has gone around to the Avengers, Fantastic Four, to other godly Asgardian beings and Spider-Man <laughs> to, uh, to recruit them to fight Mangog Godstorm. And I like that Spider-Man always gets included in these things. Yeah. And I like that he's down. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, we're going to go fight a personification of, of an entire realm that has, you know, possessed <laughs> the a primordial, you know, force of the universe and combined with Thor's hammer. And it's destroying all of the most powerful people we know. Spidey, you win. It's like I. <laughs> I'm, okay, so you want to you want to you want to shoot some webbing at this thing, right? So in this montage, you have Sif and original Valkyrie like arming up. You have Strange doing his magic stuff. He's got candles in the background. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark getting his armor on. You have these powerful, powerful beings, and then you have Spider-Man putting his mask on in front of a dumpster. And I feel like, <laughs> like again, that's to the point that yes. you just made. Yeah. However, I feel like they did him in a little dirty. Like, they could have had him in his apartment. You're right. <laughs> or something. It, was, it just felt mean. Anyway, so yeah, so they've all been recruited to go and deal with Mangog Godstorm. They're getting just rocked. And then this is where Marvel continuity comes into question because... Thor is like, I don't have enough power. Please hear me. Please grant me your gifts. Please, mother, help me. Which one? <laughs> Please help me protect 
those who are in need so that I may save my father so that I may, ah, there you are. Thank you, mother. And he basically, he pulls like a, was it uh, episode eight? Uh, the Last Jedi when Rey just lifts all the rocks. Oh, yeah. Um, so he does that and creates this insane storm, pushes everyone back, has the man god god storm sucked in, and then Reed Richards is like, hmm, it appears to be a kind of, well, for lack of a better term, term an energy tornado, okay. but it's not behaving in any natural way that, that has ever been recorded. For one, all of us should be dead standing, ne- to th- standing this close to a whirlwind of this magnitude, but it's not emitting any outward force beyond okay, what buddy. we just encountered. Yeah. I can say it's impenetrable. There is no force on Earth that could break through a uh, field this dense. You're like, shut up. Yeah. Like, I get you're just world building here. Right. <laughs> But like, all right, buddy. So they're trying to figure out, and Spider-Man's like, but if Mjolnir did this, how come it's not killing us, yada, yada? And Freya is like, no, Mjolnir didn't do this. Thor did it to protect us. He's more than a hammer. He is a child of Midgard. I raised him, but his birth mother is Gaia herself. Mjolnir may rebel against Thor, but the earth bends its knee. So, So it is back to Gaia. So... That's the that's the continuity question. Wasn't it just in Yes Don Cates's No Jason Aaron's Avengers oh. is what made uh Phoenix be the birth mother of Thor. When for the longest time, I yeah. think ever, it's always been Gaia has been his birth mom. Mm. And so here he taps into his birth mother's powers. So I don't know if it's it's already been undone, and that was a lie told by Phoenix to weaken Thor's confidence. Mm-hmm. Or this happens before Jason Aaron's Avengers, and belief is all that matters because he's a- able to tap into the Gaia Force, even <laughs> though it's not his birth mom. Like, right. and it's it whatever I guess. Yeah, I vastly prefer. Gaia being his birth mom, it makes more sense. Me too. It explains the connection to Midgard. Totally. Compared to all the other gods. Yeah. Like, it's just... There's also, like, a retcon me once, shame on, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, it's not Freya, it's Gaia. Oh, it's not Gaia, it's Phoenix. Stop. Right. Come on. Yeah. So, like, cool, whatever. In this, in Donny Cates' continuity, (laughs) Gaia is his birth mom. Yeah. And that's what we're going with. Yeah. So, fine, whatever. So he uses that to fight Mangog and, God's, and Godstorm. And then it comes out that Godstorm is what sent the World Serpent to the little town that Donald Blake was, was in. Mm. That caused him to go mad. Oh. To go crazy in the second volume. In the second volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, that was them that did that. And then he traps Godstorm in a giant, like, pillar of of rock that's not gonna hold but in the meantime odin is like listen i'm so sorry mjolnir's right all of this all the things i've made they've all they all have come undone all of them except for you you're the greatest thing i ever made thor but i've been selfish when i when you took the throne i had so much more i wanted to do wanted your mother to see me to see me again i wanted to be strong and so i held back what are you saying? I don't understand. The Odin Force. It cannot be given in full until I am gone. And so Odin sacrifices himself mm. and gives the rest of the Odin Force to King Thor. And now Thor has gotten 
the most epic of upgrades. Yeah. Um, Big DBZ power up here. Yeah. Yeah. And now he becomes golden. There we go. Truly golden. Yep. Golden king. Yeah. So that's a thing. Red cape still. Red cape. My theory holds. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get a flashback to Thor training on how to use the hammer, yada, yada. Odin forced Thor just messes with Mangog and, and, and Mjolnir Odin. Odin Force Thor goes and gets the Bifrost sword from Sif, uses the Bifrost basically as a weapon. Sick. Right? Wraps up the, the Force and basically takes it and Mjolnir to Nidavellir to where they have their, they're going to have their final epic battle. And you have this art again and it's Thor taking the Mjolnir hammer and hitting it on the ground to the point where it breaks. So now it is in the state where it could be filigreed back together for the the end of Hulk there. Potentially, yeah. Okay. So he breaks the hammer, which which basically, arguably, I guess, destroys this possession of the Godstorm and Mangog. Yeah. And you have a broken hammer, and he passes out for four months. Wow. Um, as soon as he got the Odin Force, Sif warned him. It was like, if you use too much of your Odin Force, you're going to go into the all-sleep. Mm. So be careful. And okay. he used his Odin Force to destroy the hammer, so he passed out for four months. Anyway, he's greeted by Freya and Loki and Angela. Angela, again, is his sister. Yep. The, the firstborn of Asgard. And Angela's like... Meet me in the armory. And hey, look. Hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. And we have a reforged Mjolnir with the golden lines uh, keeping it together. And she's like, I had the angels of heaven uh, put it together. We aren't dwarves, but we did what we could. And so Mjolnir is put back together. And so this, it doesn't have to do with this, but yeah. in... Um, there's like Japanese tradition, yes, uh, where when like if a plate breaks, you and you put it back together with gold, it increases its value because it is like broken and remade, and there's like this whole like yeah. spiritual like thing about it. This doesn't refer to that because this is very much Norse mythology. <laughs> it's not from Norse mythology, but it's you know Norse based. Yeah. But it makes me think of that when I see this hammer. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome being half Japanese that I am. So <laughs> Thor leans down. So the enchant the, the Odin enchantment's gone. Yeah, that's just not a thing anymore. And he's he's at the hammer and he hears Odin's voice and it says, Keep your eyes open, boy. And that is from the training when he was younger. Mm. He always kept him he told him to keep his eyes open. He's like, What the hell? It's like a king can't rule rule from his knees. And he's like, wait a second. And so it seems that the soul of Odin is in is this now new in the hammer. Hammer, yes. Interesting. Yeah. So the final issue is pretty much the funeral of Odin. And a lot of great scenes and speeches that don't, you don't really need to go into. Once again, I'm really enjoying this art. Yeah. So we this is the funeral procession. You have the Avengers here. You have Celestials attending. You have Uatu, the Silver Surfer. All the Ten Realms are here. The procession is being followed by Hela and Carnilla because they are bringing him to mm-hmm. uh, the afterlife. Um, this is the... Oh, gosh. What is there? They're like... 
the ah uh, something about the realms. I don't know. It's like the the Norse. The the Norse Avengers basically. Oh, cool. They have, they have a representative from each realm. <laughs> um, nice. They're put together in Journey into Mystery and have been used like four times since. Okay. Okay. But yeah, other you have heralds of Galactus here. Mm. You have that the fish-looking one, <laughs> Cosmic <laughs> Ghost Rider. Terax is in the background. Mm-hmm. Just everyone is here attending Odin's funeral, which is just crazy to me because I'm just impressed that they've killed off Odin. <laughs> yeah. And there's a this is a really good kind of like monologue sermon from Thor that addresses his relationship with Odin, Odin's relationship with Asgard, Odin's relationship with Loki, how he recognized the worthiness worthiness of Beta Ray Bill, his relationship with uh, Freya, and just a really good, it was really good. What was really weird to me is in the middle of this scene, we get a series of other other art styled flashbacks yeah. of origins of named characters. So this is back to the world of the Corbinites, and we get an explanation of how Bill looks the way he looks. Oh. And why he's Beta Bill and not Alpha. Oh, okay. Uh, which is really weird. Well, I was thinking, um, like, Beta Ray Radiation. Yeah, it's not. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so there are these monsters in that are just natural-born killers on their planet that they went and hunted down and took it. And they had this program for the ten chosen champions to integrate their biology with the designs of those predators. Oh, okay. And so that's why it has that, like, that's why he has the snout, the snout and stuff. Yeah. Because, like, before it's always just been the cybernetic upgrades that he got. But <laughs> the, the regular Corbinites have the cheekbones, for example. So right. you can see the, the combination of mm-hmm. the two. Mm-hmm. And then, so he is the only survivor of those ten. And this was a... Science ba- or a yeah science based program, which is the beta program, and the alpha program was corrupt and all technology and like AI based. Yeah, and the alpha Corbinite that they made, the alpha project, I think is what they call it, is basically a robot and was sent to kill Bill, and Bill killed it instead. Proving the better, and so he is the beta project Bill, and then it has him downloading the alpha project and downloading his database, and so he's now he knows all the things he needs to know, goes and ousts the corrupt government, and then goes and gets Scuttlebutt, and they join together, and Scuttlebutt joint, downloads his uh, consciousness, and now they are one in this, and now they're like a pair. And then the rest is history, quote-unquote. Okay. Um, and then there's a, a battle back in the day between uh, Thor and Mangog. And Thor had to use... Thor, Thor fought Thanos and Mangog back in Thor issue number 25 in, 19, in the 1980, 1998 when okay. he fought Thanos. And he used... He had to use... The Gauntlet of Tomorrows, the Belt of Power, and the Shield of Life. Is and that also Machine Man? Aaron no, right this no. is this is Recorder. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and 
and in winning, he started getting drunk in power with the items, and so basically this is a whole illusion cast by Odin to convince Thor to get rid of his extra tools, and what was that? It's way better. It, it, I, I can tell that it's trying to do 1998 style art. Yeah. It's so much better than 1998 art. <laughs> and then, but yeah, so, like, they had different teams. Like, this is from Dan Jurgens and Klaus Janssen. Klaus Janssen, uh, maybe. yeah. And I believe these are the teams from back in the day cool. as well. Because then you get Straczynski ah. and Ko- and Koipel, who yeah. did the Straczynski run. Um, Sweet. Talking about basically Thor setting up his will, his last will and testimony. And the monologue of Thor is very Straczynski. And I'm so impressed that they convinced Straczynski to come back (laughs) to write this little like five-page scene for Thor. And then what really stood out to me is this last scene... Meanwhile, 14 billion years ago, during the sixth <laughs> infinity, so sixth, sixth cosmos okay, on okay. Taya, which we keep on fucking coming back to. Right, um, come on. A door that says TX3N comes through, but it's actually next backwards, and it's a young Loki coming back from Loki Agent of Asgard, uh, yeah. issue number 17. And you know it's this Loki because it has the broken hammer. Anyway. Broken um, horn. Broken horn, sorry, yeah. And he finds out about the Black Winter, Black Winter and he just kind of sees all this, and then he looks into the ether, and he sees the funeral of Odin, and he sees his older self there, and he assumes that that Loki had a hand in killing Odin, and he's like, why aren't you excited? Why aren't you laughing? Mm. And he's like, this is ridiculous. And then he in the uh, he has like a semi change of heart turns into his female version, comes back to Taya and the Six Cosmos, and they're like, "Hey, you've uh, changed your look." He's like, "Yeah, I know." And then he says, "I only caught a glimpse, but it looked like one had an eye on, but but it looked like one had an eye on the reality after mine, which I guess would be the Eighth Cosmos." And they're like. The Eighth Infinity, the home of Stephen Strange. Oh, boy. And then he's like, old Doc Strange, you know him? (laughs) Enough to signal him a warning if this cosmic outsider and the killer diller you say it is. But, like, yeah. So, (laughs) so, I, (laughs) Doctor Strange just lives in the Eighth Cosmos, which is supposed to be after this cosmos. What? 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 That's fun. That's fun. What? Sure. Also, God, was it Doctor Strange that he was jumping back yeah. to the... That was in Defenders, right? Yes. Yeah. If, God, it was Defenders. Right. Was and, that also written by Ewing? I'd have to check. Okay. Because um, I saw that this... Yeah, um, this... Well, besides, this oh, back, yeah, this side story is by Ewing. Yeah. yeah. Because... So the Defenders jumped back to the 6th and the 5th and the 4th and the 3rd Cosmos. And then there's a reference to the 8th Cosmos. Uh But I don't remember what it was. I'm going to go back and look at it when I get home. But, 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 yeah. So 8th Cosmos, home of Doctor Strange. Holy shit. And then um, there's another flashback to Odin when he fought a bunch of trolls with Mjolnir and Mjolnir's being um, active. Anyway, so... 
a Viking funeral pyre is what's called for. And so I thought this was really cool that the shaft of the arrow was fashioned after Gungnir. So they took down Odin's weapon. Yeah. Made the shaft. The land. Mm -hmm. And then says the bow was a gift, a branch from Yggdrasil. The Avenger Hawkeye carved the longbow himself, Hmm. making sure its flight would be strong and true. Bo's string was woven from the abyss black hair of Hela, goddess of death, a gift or perhaps a threat from Niflheim. (laughs) The arrow's head made in the eternal flame of Muspelheim and affixed to the spear with a sap of the world tree burns as deep as hell itself in his hands. So I thought that was cool. They send the, the, the casket out into the cosmos. Thor goes to shoot it and he says he cannot. And so he asks and begs Loki to do it instead. Cool. Um, Loki does it, funeral, uh, or giant fire pyre. And then they all say, you know, for Asgard, for Odin, they all have drinks, yada, yada. And then you have this conversation between Thor and the hammer, because the, the hammer is talking to him, and it's Odin within the hammer. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? Why, 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 why can I not get rid of you? <laughs> what the hell is happening? He says, why won't you let me lose you? He says, I can't. I cannot go home, my son. I cannot go to Valhalla. I tried. When my spirit passed, I walked to the gates of Valhalla to find my brothers, my father. The gates were open. They were broken. The great halls empty. Not a soul remained. Son, I'm here because I need you. Because I have nowhere else to go. Valhalla is gone. Okay. And then next, Banner of War. So we are getting that crossover. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Spaceship Hulk <laughs> is going to go to Asgard. Or something. Or something. Yeah. So the end is, there's a, the, the last issue is, uh, in honor of 2022 being 60th anniversary of Marvel's first Thor story in Journey to Mystery 83, cool. we've got two bonus stories here for you. One by a team from this title's legendary past, and one by a team possibly from this title's epic feature. Tom DeFalco and Ron, and Ron Friends redefined what it meant to be. Be Thor in their incredible run, which ran from 383 to 459. It's a long time. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All of which are available on Marvel Limited. Blah, 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 blah. They reunite here for a story about the one and only Enchantress. Nadia Shamas and Simone D'Armini may be new to pages of Thor, but they're both already accomplished comic creators, with Nadia having written an acclaimed graphic novel Squire, and Simone having illustrated an amazing graphic novel called Spider King. They team up here for a modern retelling of an actual Norse myth about Thor and Loki. Awesome. Yeah. So this Enchantress story takes place after the Thor epic collection War of the Pantheons. And it's basically just Enchantress reeling from the loss and then Odin being like, you don't have to be a bad person if you don't want to. Hmm. <laughs> and she's like, we'll see. And then the Norse myth is Thor pretending... So. In Norse mythology, there is no Odin enchantment on Mjolnir, and so this uh, frost giant steals Mjolnir, it's King Thrym, steals Mjolnir and hides it 10 miles below the ice, and he will retrieve it as long as he gets to marry Angela, which, Hmm. 
not the actual myth, but um, right. <laughs> and, but then so Angela refuses to be part of it, and so Loki dresses up Thor as the bride, and they get married. And that so, is indeed a Norse myth. Though. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he dresses Thor up as as the bride, and Thrym is super excited to uh, have his for his wedding night, and then he gets Mjolnir, and Thor's like, hell yeah, takes Mjolnir and and kills all the frost giants, and they leave. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so this was a wild week for me in comics. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I love that Hulk and Thor both came out in the same week, and yeah. they both are next time in Banner of War. And it's funny because I read Hulk, and I read Banner of War as in Bruce Banner of War. Cool. Right, right. I read Thor, and I read Banner of War as in, like, a holding flag. a flag yeah. of war. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until I looked back on both of them and I was like, oh, <laughs> they're both next time in the same <laughs> book. Cool. <laughs> and then I got this little tease on Devil's Reigns. I'm just, Hell yeah. I'm real excited. Very, very real cool. excited. All right. So give me a... Give me some X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Generation X, Wolverine-ness. Yeah. So, once again, X-Men and Uncanny are one title, right? Right, yeah. And last we saw them, they had this crazy, bizarre, convoluted storyline where they got jumped to this other dimension with, like, juggernaut thing and this guy named Ejolp and then he said okay I'll send you back to earth but it was actually the scroll homeworld and a city that where the scrolls were pretending to be earth superheroes and were like fully indoctrinated into the idea that they were earth superheroes mm. and so they like and then Galact it was right before Galactus was going to come and destroy the the scroll homeworld and so they tried to stop it and they failed and they hijacked a scroll ship and got put and just like flew the long way back you know to (laughs) to earth and went into suspended animation basically and arrived back on earth like the moment before the Magneto War happened, where Magneto was going to give be given a, a, a you know sovereignty over Genosha, mm-hmm. and they're about to land and maybe do something about it, and then they got kind of like smacked off course. So they only lose like seven days from that, <laughs> okay. and so they they basically just lose the the opportunity to intervene in the war in the war. So on their way back, Chuck is having some bad dreams, some sort of psychic invasion is going on. He's acting super like haggard and distant, and that's going to be a recurring theme throughout all of this and all of the Wolverine run. So they, they get back to Earth. They don't know where to park a, a scroll spaceship without it being noticed. They can't just like take it to you know Westchester County. And so they're like, well, Muir Island's pretty distant. Nobody will see it there. But a S.H.I.E.L.D. division does. And it's specifically a division headed up by this token evil S.H.I.E.L.D. guy named Remington Soul. He sends them to go investigate. But, or it seems like they were already on Muir Island for reasons we'll get to in a moment. The ex-Excalibur folks, so Kitty, Peter, and 
Kurt, decide that they're, you know, as long as they're in town, go hang out with Moira and Doug Locke. And, and Xavier's like, fine, you're going to, we have, to, like, we don't have time for this, but if you really want to do this, then you'll have to find your own way back home and just leaves. And so the rest of the team, so that's Wolverine, Storm, Marrow, Gambit, and Xavier, return back to the mansion. Rogue is super jealous. She was left behind because she had to be in the Magneto Rex <laughs> miniseries. Uh-huh. It was just the most, like, you know, just arbitrary shit. It, but uh, that they got teleported without her. But anyway... And there's this sort of, like, off-forced, like, awkward love pentangle developing where, like, Kitty likes Peter. These first couple legs are implied, but, like, Kitty likes Peter. It seems like they're trying to develop a crush from Peter on Marrow now that she's beautiful, Mm. you know? That was one of the things during the last story arc. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but Marrow likes Gambit, and Gambit... Obviously likes Rogue, who likes Gambit back, but the alien or whatever energy being inside Gambit is making him keep his distance. He shows concern for Marrow and feels responsibility because of the whole mutant massacre. Guilt and Rogue interprets that as romantic affection, etc., etc. So, you know, a big comedy of errors going on, but it's not very funny. And Marrow is not just like, you know more beautiful now she also like is just much more a much more pleasant person to be around (laughs) i don't know if you've seen if i showed you her since the you know since the healing and getting more control Mm -hmm. and everything but that's what she looks like yeah she just doesn't have like random bone growths poking into her guts all the time it's not jagged bones yeah 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 and she's so she's just a lot less and Honestly, that's boring, <laughs> and it's kind of offensive. Like, mm. this whole, like, like I get it from a story, like, a powers perspective. Like, yeah, I would be a less, a, a much less pleasant person if I was in, like, constant pain. I would have something else to deal with, you know. Right, yeah. But also, like, just the idea that, like, this conventional beauty, physical attractiveness creates a, a, a better, nicer, and more pleasant person is, mm. it, that kind of sucks. And it's just, it's just a way, like, because comics already has such a problem of just, like, drawing all women to have the same figure yeah, and yeah, features, yeah. and it's like, okay, so you're just a generic, like, hot superhero now, like. Right, yeah, I, yeah. I find myself trying to keep an eye out for, Small breasted superheroes. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There's like none. Yeah, totally. It's very, it, it is kind of obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> like there's an argument. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I get the basically lack of existence of like overweight superheroes. Sure. Because if you're like fighting and doing acrobatics all the time, naturally you're going to have a more fit body. When I was doing track every day, I was 100 pounds less than I am now. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) But, like, there's still body types. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like Or you have, like, different muscle groups that are, you know, like, is, you know, you think of, like, the difference between, like, I don't know, you watch the Olympics, Mm -hmm. and you see, like, 
a weightlifter versus a sprinter or, right. or exactly. you know, like you watch softball and you see, you know, like a pitcher's build versus a hitter's build. Yeah. And they're very different. Absolutely. But like within all of these other realms, there are A cups, there are H cups, there are usually C cups, but like <laughs> every superhero, every, so many, oh my gosh, I, I'm not going to say every, but like. 93% of female superheroes are like double D cups. You ever spend any time on TV tropes? No. Okay. We've talked about them yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. They have an entry called Most Common Superpower, and it is boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It's like one of the things that I actually like about live action superheroes mm. because. Not all female actresses have the same, the same size. body. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they're just naturally going to look different, and I'm totally. here for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, in the comics, it's just, like, because so many of them came out between the 60s and the 90s, there is a very specific idea of the male gaze and totally. the male artist that they're all going to look this way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. Yep. You. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this the same like evil shield division that is on Muir Island has previously captured Machine Man, Aaron Stack. Uh-huh. Sadly with his pre-next wave characterization. Uh-huh. <laughs> so no fleshy ones, no robot brain needs beer, any of that. And they just, like, scoop out all of his personality to use his tech to turn this S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, who you probably don't remember from a previous Cable storyline. There was this, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. bounty hunter who was hunting down Cable, and he was like, I am the honorable whatever. His name was Jack something. Uh. It was only a couple months ago, but (laughs) he was extremely forgettable. And at the end of it, he was, like, badly injured and put in a full-body, like, iron-lung cast type thing. Mm. So they take him and Machine Man Tech, and they turn him into a Deathlock. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's random. I think this might be the first 616 Deathlock. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Man, they love using Deathlocks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so anyway, yeah. There's another sub-subplot. With Nick Fury is on this helicopter, this helicarrier for the Evil Shield division. And he's like, "This used to be my boat." Blah blah blah. You know, like, just like the seven hundred millionth plot of Fury trying to get back control of Shield, even though he's <laughs> technically the director again now. Okay. You know, whatever. So Kurt and Kitty and Piotr are wandering around on Muir Island. Uh, Shit's all fucked up and spooky. They can't find Mora. They can't find Doug. Turns out Doug Locke has been captured by the Red Skull. Oh. Who is able to manipulate, like, just his techno-organic virus or something. And so is able to control his body and his, he's like, he can't rebel against it. Okay. In terms of his consciousness. Blah, 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 whatever. I guess they do a little backstory here, so just to, to you know, catch myself up. The last time that there had been a Red Skull story in comics anywhere, he had, like, accessed 
a cosmic cube and I guess to make it different from every other time he's tried to access a cosmic cube instead of like immediately wishing for unlimited power he wished for unlimited knowledge Mm -hmm. and then the cube like swept out a data beam or something and he was swept up inside oh yeah I don't know apparently he retained just enough you know like connection to the cube to like wish himself back to earth conveniently showed up on Muir Island like 15 15 feet away from Doug Locke who's just like there like going on a hike or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's like and then he has just enough power to like do this thing to enthrall Doug and so Red Skull uses Doug to get on the helicarrier and starts like making Doug make little implants to be able to control the crew Mm-hmm. But he he wants to use the Deathlock technology to make permanent mental implant control. Apparently, these are reversible. Something, something, yada yada. And you know, once he does that, he'll have full control over the Helicarrier, all of its weapons. Basically, a flying Nazi WMD. Yeah. So not so good. Mm-hmm. And. Doug Locke uses some narrow parameter of control that he has to restore, restore Machine Man, who goes to help the X-Men and Fury. And he also activates Deathlock and orders Deathlock to kill him. And there's some sort of thing going on where he's like stretching himself so thin and trying to resist Red Skull that the phalanx that he's like tried to bury away from his psyche might be taking over his personality again. But anyway, they succeed in evacuating about half the Helicarrier crew and jettisoning, jettisoning all of its bombs and weapons. They aren't able to take out the Skull, so he still has a half-functioning Helicarrier with stealth but no armaments. Okay. Uh, more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> more than he had two weeks ago. <laughs> I know, right? Doug, Doug Locke says that he's changed somehow. But that's basically the end state of every Doug Locke storyline that there's ever been. Right. So whatever. But this storyline is basically used just to launch three new solo titles for Warlock, Machine Man, and Deathlock. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why they're doing a Red Skull Nick Fury story to launch a Deathlock and Machine Man solo title in the pages of X-Men? Who knows? And this is the M-Tech storyline? Yeah. Okay. They'd never really explain what that means. That's too... Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Okay, Wolverine. <laughs> okay, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime after returning to... Uh, after this whole storyline, right? Mm-hmm. After returning to Earth, Nightcrawler and Wolverine go to a junkyard because there's been a reported sighting of Magneto. It turns out to be a robot. Uh, along with a bunch of other robots of popular characters, Eric Larson, it, not just Marvel characters, although there is, like, Thing there, right? But, like, you've got what looks like a Transformer. You've got, oh. like, Exo Manowar. You know, just, like, a bunch of... It's just, like, Eric Larson does not give a fuck about copyright infringement. Uh, <laughs> oh, that looks like Bruticus. Yeah, right? And so these, we get some, like, flashes during the issue that these robots may have been built by some dude with, like, ninja garb who's hiding in the shadows. Mm. 
as far as I can tell, we're never ever going to go back to him or this storyline. <laughs> Okay. So they break the robots and then they go to get some food and some dudes there pick a bar fight with them even though I think they're not even at a bar they're just at a regular burger restaurant just some big mean guys decide to fight them mm. <laughs> and so they do the fight and Wolvie pops his claws on one of these regular people mm. which is so like we can tell he is like not in a good place he is fucked up after giving a country to Magneto, right? He's been, like, trying to make plans to assassinate Magneto for weeks. He's totally on edge. And then Solo, who is an Eric, Eric Larson original character, comes in from nowhere uh, to come and kill Wolverine because of that thing a few issues back in Wolverine where he was took out all the Avengers, Solo, and, like, every other hero in New York City while he was possessed by some alien consciousness or whatever. And then they take the fight outside. Cardiac, another Eric oh. Larson character, is there too. Nightcrawler tells them to go away, and they do. End of issue. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, next issue. <laughs> Wolverine goes to visit Jubilee at the Massachusetts Academy. Gateway comes from out of nowhere teleports them both to one of Cable's safe houses. It's never explained why Gateway was there or what he was doing or why he teleported them. Turns out the safe house has been taken over by Donald goddamn Pierce. Uh, last we saw Donald, you know, former Hellfire Club uh, anti-mutant bigot turned cyborg. He's a Reaver guy. He's a re Yeah, it became the Reaver guy. Anyway, last we saw him was in a Cable storyline where he and Sebastian Shaw were trying to steal some apocalypse, you know, tech or power or whatever and they failed and Shaw pushed him out of an airplane. <laughs> okay. But, you know, he's a cyborg, so he's fine. And then he somehow stumbled across this cache of tech including a, uh, like a cache of adamantium. And so he started replacing his parts with adamantium parts. Checks out. Right. And everyone's got fucking adamantium these days. You know, Sabretooth has adamantium claws. Just like, all right, whatever. And then, so they're fighting, 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 whatever. And then this guy, Kyber, shows up. Spelled K-H-Y-B-E-R. Like, uh, like the Kyber Pass in Afghanistan, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And Kyber says uh, he's this like robotic guy, you know, cybernetic thing that's going on. Oh, uh, he kind of looks like when Wolverine was dressed up like War. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. He says Pierce has stolen something from him, implied to be the the tech slash adamantium. He absolutely fucks up Pierce. And then he le he teleports away, saying he and Logan will have to settle up sometime. This is Kyber's first and only appearance. No. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yep. Uh, end of issue. <laughs> That's it. Would. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a lot of the. I don't know if you're noticing a theme here. <laughs> okay, but like. <laughs> He'll come back. <laughs> Cardiac has been back. Solo's been That's used. true. If they ever let 
Eric Larson. Because, <laughs> like, Solo was on Mercs for Money. Yeah. Mercs for Hire. Cardiac was recruited to help heal death. <laughs> I don't know. It's been 23 years, and he's still only made one appearance. <laughs> Because his name is stupid. Well, I mean, Solo, <laughs> Solo and Cardiac are stupid names too. But like, but like, we have a cyber, yeah. and there's also, I mean, Star Wars has kyber crystals. It's K H Y B E R is such a weird name. Just the kyber pass in Afghanistan. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, he'll be back. He's got a new name. <laughs> it's gonna have a new name. It's fine. Uh-huh. We don't so like we don't even know if he's a mutant or No, like, we have no clue. We know nothing. He shows up in the middle of a fight, absolutely throttles Pierce, says, We gotta settle up sometime, Wolverine, teleports away. He he has like five total pages. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five pages. Five pages. Wow. <laughs> Damn it. But he really does look like war when Logan when Logan was war. Let's get to that. Okay. I think you mean death. When Logan was death. Yeah. Yeah. When he was a horseman. <laughs> so I wanted to make more of a reveal of that because it's coming up. But yeah. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my bad. Okay. Next issue. We, we next see Wolverine mid-team up with Alpha Flight. Okay. Who has, their, their roster has reverted to, you know, the uh, Aurora, North Star, Puck, Walt does Sasquatch, Shaman, and Heather for some reason in, like, a Black Widow costume. She's oh. not usually, like, that provocative of a dresser. In or any that way. red-headed... She's all. She's she's more of like a strawberry blonde. Yeah, she goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't think of her as a redhead. That's fair. But yeah, just like gigantic cleavage window here, uh, just does not. Anyway, so yeah, they're they're teaming up because both Mac and his they they keep using the the phrase synthoid doppelganger or synthoid duplicate. Mm. I'm actually not sure. Because there's been so many different fucking mags. I'm, I'm not sure whether this was the, the rebuilt robot Mac who was put back together by Master of the World at the end of Alpha Flight Volume 1, or if this is the teenage Mac that was uh, res- cloned and resurrected for insurance reasons, basically, during Alpha Flight Volume 2. I don't know which one is the, the, you know, they're calling the duplicate. Or is it Alex Mack? Oh. Got their powers from an oil spill. <laughs> right. And can turn into a puddle of water. <laughs> I thought it was a puddle of liquid metal. That was just 90s CG. Oh, was it? Because, because she was, when she was sick, she ended up in a pitcher of water. Okay. And they just, and when she was coughing, they just made bubbles in the water. <laughs> Okay. But they needed to CG it so we could, like, actually follow a puddle of water. Right. Through, like, okay. a vent. Definitely always just assumed it was liquid metal. Me too, yeah. until that scene. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she has a secret world, too. She does. But yeah, so Mac and the other Mac, <laughs> real Mac and fake Mac, both get captured by AIM and MODOK, who have teamed up with Garrison Kane, a.k.a. Weapon X, that dude with the... You know Garrison Kane? Yeah, he's got the metal arms and the red the, vest. Yeah, the detachable arms that he can, like, shoot off at people. Wow. Like, because Rob Liefeld thought that that was a cool idea. <laughs> and not just, like, you shoot your arms off and then you have no fucking arms. He, just wa- he watched too much, like, old 80s mecha anime. It, absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, he was, like, 13 at the time. Give him a break. <laughs> but, yeah, so... During the infiltration fight, Aurora and Northstar do the thing where they touch and emit that light. Mm-hmm. So, like, fuck me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was so convinced that when they did it in... X-Factor? In, in, yeah, yeah, in Kirk, Krakoa and X-Factor, that, that was the first time they'd done it <laughs> since, you know, the 80s. <laughs> Lo and behold, 1999. Yeah. An issue of Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Wolverine even says, like, been a long time since I've seen them pull that stunt. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Along the way, we get some backstory of some more alpha housekeeping. All the other characters from Alpha Flight Volume 2, the, the shady government conspiracy, just, like, the worst comic that I've ever read, that I've read for the pod. Mm-hmm. So, like, Murmur, Radius, Flex, Manbot, and the fake Mac, I guess, uh, they were all reassigned to Beta Flight, and it's been a good thing for them. Also, Heather and Puck, who started dating at the very end of that series, have since broke up, but they have no drama. So, yeah, they all go to infl- infiltrate this AIM facility somewhere in Canada, and the rest of Alpha gets captured, but Wolverine gets separated from them, uh, and he finds the Max, and he also finds Snowbird in a tube, just a generic sci-fi healing tube. Mm. Y- you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of generic sci-fi healing tubes. There uh, is. Yeah, there's Garrison Kane. By the way, he has been hit with the villain ball completely unnecessarily since the last time he appeared in a comic. He was, like, kind of... Oh, I just want to have a no- go at a normal life with my girlfriend in San oh. Francisco. And then something, something, something. No, we, without motivation, we're going to get him back into this. And also he's going to be working with AIM. And they never really sufficiently explain why. They're like, last time we saw you, you were, you know, like, I thought you wanted to have a normal life. And he's like, yeah, well. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Oh yeah! Last I heard, you and your lady were uh, your lady friend were making a go of civilian life in San Francisco. And he says things change, people change. That's all he has to say about that. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, true. He's not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, Snowbird in a tube. She's been dead since like very early Alpha Flight, like way back in the eighties. Mm. She's been dead a long time. 
And they explain it away like, oh, her, you know, unique something something biology regenerate right. God power. She had, has connection to the earth, and we buried her in the earth. So haha. And aim is after her because they see her as a sort of connection between science and magic. Yeah. Okay. And Modoc has a new interest in magic, which is short lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they fight their way out of the aim base. They recover Snowbird and and Alpha and the Max. Fake Mac dies in a giant explosion. So now they don't have to worry about there being two Max. <laughs> and then there's like an epilogue back at Alpha base. Nobody's mourning Fake Mac except for real Mac. Nobody cares that Kane was mixed up with aim. Wolvie thinks it's weird that AIM was able to make a base in Canada without Department H knowing, you know, your standard general Department H mistrust. AIM captured the Max to siphon information about Snowbird out of their brains so that they could create an army of Snowbirds. And then there's sort of like the end of issue, you know, last panel stinger where you see this palette of what I can only assume are Snowbird clone fetuses. Oh. These little purple stick figures here mm-hmm. being shipped out by aim guys okay so i'm sure no one will ever follow up on that plot but there it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man next issue <laughs> I, I just i can't imagine like the wild wild west of 90s writing yeah where you're just like i'm gonna set this up if someone wants to t- t- Later. <laughs> Feel free. Yep, yep. Later. <laughs> Bye. Mic drop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next issue starts with a big old flashback. Wolverine is on a sort of like, it, it flashes back to his time with Department H when he, you know, first got his costume and is going to, is going to be Canada's first superhero, basically. And they have him do sort of like a fake test mission to infiltrate some hippie terrorists in a warehouse in Ottawa and, you know, see how he performs. And in the middle of the whole thing, he gets teleported away and abducted by a UFO. (laughs) And it turns out that the UFO is operated by the leader. Okay. Yeah. Samuel Stearns. Samuel Stearns. I don't know how he knows who Wolverine is or would think to abduct him because he hasn't done anything yet. (laughs) Literally (laughs) his pre-first mission. Yeah, this is his test run. Yeah. And leaders like mine. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, whatever. And he has this plan. He's already abducted Hercules and this deviant named Carcass. Mm-hmm. And he wants them to capture the Hulk for him so that they, he can dump him in this anti-gamma bath to make him stop being the Hulk. And then no one will oppose the leader and all his super brilliant schemes. Blah, 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 blah. You know, they break free, fight the leader. He gets swept up in his own anti-gamma bath. <laughs> so that's the end of the leader forever, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. And so, yeah, he, you know, they crash the, uh, the UFO, they get out, and he's like, we've all got us a long walk home. And then he does walk all the way back to Ottawa 
to the Department H headquarters. And they're like, you know, what the hell? You know, there's a big meeting of, like, what happened to him disappeared. This is terrible for blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, well, I just learned that the Hulk is in Canada, so I'm going to go after him. And that's how his his real first mission came to be. Mm. Okay. And all of this is a flashback for a prelude, and you've got Wolverine... In the present day, on a shield jet with Dum Dum Dugan, and Dum Dum basically throws him out of the plane and says, "Go fight Hulk." And Wolverine's like, "Yep, cool." <laughs> okay. Dum Dum Dugan at this point is already a life model decoy. Spoiler alert. Is he? Yeah, he died in World War Two. Oh. <laughs> And uh, Fury has been reactivating him every time he's died since then. That's kind of sad, but also kind of sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the, like, don't you love these uh, ads? (laughs) So this is the, like, 25th anniversary of the first appearance of Wolverine. And so that's why they're doing Wolverine versus Hulk again. Yeah. And, you know, so most of this, so this story is continued in, in an issue of Hulk. And it's basically just, the whole issue is just a battle uh, scene. The first thing he does is stab Hulk in, in his eyes. And so he Hulk's fighting the whole thing blind. And we get a little bit of backstory that apparently he was in that shield plane with Dum Dum because he, after the Alpha Flight, you know, mission with AIM and the Max, Dum Dum just happened to be coming home from Canada, and he hitched a ride with them. <laughs> okay. And and they're just, like, flying along, and Dum Dum's like, hey, want to fight Hulk? And he's like, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. So all of that is whatever. What really captured my attention from this issue was this eight-page mini uh, this eight-page mini-comic that's an anti-weed PSA. Oh. That's just kind of thrown in the middle of it. And I got to I, I got to show this to you because it's so fucking weird. And I really have more to say about this than anything else that I read this whole week. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get at it. Okay. So yeah, Spidey is fighting this giant Mysterio illusion, and he takes out, you know, like, one of the projectors, and the illusion is unstable and goes away. He's like, uh, Mysterio's going to be too hard to find. I'm not going to go after him. I have to get back to the Daily Bugle. And when he is in the Bugle office, Jonah is angry at these two interns who are just surfing the interwebs all day. Okay. And the male intern, Sam, he's really into this actor named Zane Whelan. And he was like a, you know, ex- unbelievably 90s guy with the soul, with the, the goatee and the shades. And he always wears a T-shirt with a pot leaf on it. Okay. And, <laughs> and apparently Zane Whelan, they're trying to get an ad in the Bugle for his next movie. And Jonah won't run it. 
because uh, of because it's glorifying marijuana use. Okay. <laughs> but this guy's like, whatever. I want to be like Zay and Whelan. I, you know, uh, and the the girl in turns like. Uh, now Sam even carries a bowl in his pocket like Zane. Smokes a little grass with his friends. But I'm sure he'll be fine. Oh, boy. And then they're riding. Uh, Peter's riding in a news van with both of them uh, for some reason. Never explained. And, um, and the guy is driving along and he's like fumbling in his coat pocket trying to grab his, his pipe. And they're doing really great, like, job illustrating, like, pot leaves and paraphernalia in this. Like, I feel like... Like, they know it way too well. Well, no, it's more like... (laughs) It's like the whole D.A.R.E. thing where they teach you, like, 101 street names for every single drug just in case you want to go buy some. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I feel like, you know, could have learned a lot from this. (laughs) Um, But anyway... So they're driving along, and they get grabbed by a magnet crane, like that they like that's used in junkyards. Yeah, it just picks up the the um, the news van that they're in. And it's operated by Mysterio, and, and he hoists them into the air. And he says, "Once I eliminate those who flaunt the image of Zane Whelan, I will Im- eliminate Whelan himself." <laughs> and then the guy Sam is reaching for his pipe because it's the only thing he cares about in the world obviously he falls out of the uh, the the van and Peter's like how can I save Sam and Tony now without revealing that I'm Spider-Man to be continued oh so this is part this is part one of four is this is just most comfortable bullshit I've ever read Mysterio knows Mysterio, for some reason, wants to eliminate Zane Whelan, and his way of doing this is by eliminating everybody else who dresses like Zane Whelan and smoke weeds and has a goatee. Meanwhile, back to the regular issue. That was just in the middle of the whole fucking thing. Eight whole pages. I think it ran in every single comic that they printed that week or that month or something, because... It also pops up in one of the issues of Generation X that I read. <laughs> yeah, we have the same the same eight pages. Yeah, good part two. So hopefully part two is coming up and I'll be able to read it. So I guess there's some kind of side story going on where Tyrannus has been controlling Hulk's mind lately. So that kind of explains some of the crazy shit that he's doing, like holding a 15-year-old girl hostage, threatening to kill her. Um, He's just rampaging over tourists and um, blah, 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 big fight, lets the girl go, grabs Wolverine, throws him as far as he can, and they fight in a riverbed, drops a bridge on him, go all the way to town, this mining town, destroy the whole thing, and Hulk punches his way into like into mine, an abandoned mine. A gas from the mine comes out, he passes out, changes back to banner, tells Wolverine not what's going on. Wolverine's like, yeah, I understand what you know when people all too familiar with people messing with her my head, trying to mind control you. Um, let's just say peace. 
elsewhere. Just a little side thing going on with this issue. Apocalypse has this new horseman named Death, and he shows this guy Death pictures of Hulk and Hulk. And he's like, or when Hulk was war, and he's like, you know, this was my greatest failure, my greatest embarrassment, losing Hulk. So, his failure to keep Hulk uh, as my horseman. So, death, you go out and kill Hulk to save me the embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, good job. That's it for Wolverine and Hulk. Yeah, the end. That's all. Uh, that's that's what I that's what I read for this week. Hmm. A lot of plots rolling forward. A lot. <laughs> a lot of plots that you know will never be picked up again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's funny because if we weren't in a Crocoan age, uh-huh. I would feel like, well, I mean, it's still on the table, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, <laughs> on some of these, no. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. Well, how how did you like it? How did you feel? Yeah, I oh, I mean, it it's kind and of tech wasn't that great, I guess. Uh, no, uh, I liked Wolverine. There was seemed interesting enough. The, a lot of it is like it's not really about liking it or not liking it in the same way that like reading Krakoa era X Men. I'm like, this was a good story, right? You know, yeah. it's just like this continued. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was, it was fine. This was a week of reading. I got through these. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. This is more than than some of the past weeks. This was not painfully bad. That's a big improvement. <laughs> I feel okay. So, do you generally feel like Krakoa can't last? Oh yeah. So, considering that, so I agree, because like, well, because comics so, can't, right? But then, why does Latveria, Madripoor, Wakanda, these other fictional countries work when Krakoa can't? Krakoa is pulling the X Men too far out of their sort of like true north. Mm. Their the, the elevator pitch, uh, you know, right? Okay, and so I don't think as a concept it can last just from you know business model perspective of like how you know the the illusion of change like returning to status quo like eventually at some point this is going to have to crumble and in order to build new stories and different stories on top of mm. so it has terrible plot armor. <laughs> Whereas, like, the existence of Latveria or the existence of Wakanda or the existence of Atlantis, those are all built into the stories of Doctor Doom, Black Panther, Namor, respectively. Mm -hmm. So even if the place gets destroyed, or Asgard, right? Mm -hmm. The places get destroyed over and over and over again, and then they're like, oh, there's a new one. Right. You know, yeah. it has to keep coming back in order to keep the the story fresh, and the and that's just not the case with Krakoa. There might be like a Krakoa, 
but it's not going to be the like pluralistic mutant nation that it is now. Yeah. After this like era of stories, which I assume will have a very finite end. Mm. So that's that's too bad. Like I feel bad for the yeah. mutants that like this can't be a thing. Yeah, I know. And I mean, the other thing I know I talk about this a lot, but you know, the X-Men are inherently utopian. They're one of the only types of, you know, like only superhero teams who want to change the world rather than protect the world. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so their struggle means that they always have to be striving towards that mm. or else they won't really have stories to tell. And yeah. so if they achieve this, you know, mutant separatist nation... Like that alone, that isn't really their utopian goal. Is just to establish the nation, right? They want peace between humans and mutants. Yeah. And so, like, I think they're they're going, just like they're exploring this story to the absolute nth degree, every step that it can go to fully disprove the idea of separatism, <laughs> and say like. We got, you know, whatever, five, eight, ten years of burn out of this story concept. Mm -hmm. And we have once and for all, like, we've gotten to the fundamental conflict between Xavier and Magneto, which is the fundamental conflict of the X-Men story, which is about um, integrationism versus separatism. And separatism is going to lose out. And Krakoa won't be able to continue. That's how how I see this going. Mm. Yeah, I, I I haven't put any thought into how Krakoa can end. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know. Like they've done, they've put so many chips into this basket, or so many eggs into this basket. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the damn phrase is. <laughs> that like I feel like. It's got to be, like, Krakoa itself being, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, right? I don't want to make your medicines anymore or something. Something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of Krakoa, uh, you know, left to read that has already been printed, <laughs> let alone uh, has yet to be published. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think things are going to change drastically from, you know, where we are, just from Hellfire Gala and then Trial of Magneto and then Inferno, which, like, we could realistically read all of those, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Whatever Trials of X means. Like, yeah. it's just Trial of Magneto, but. I think. And yet the next era after rain is trials. I think they're just calling it trials to have another thing called blank of X. Maybe. And and it's kind of like the the main thing going on within that era is the, are the trials of Magneto. I mean it starts with sure. Magneto. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then it's just we'll see mm -hmm. where it goes after that. Yep. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I Me think it's going to be fun. Uh, what do you have next week? Well, I have one trade of Sandman. You have one trade of Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Are you only gonna read Sandman? No. Okay. No, I'm also. I've also got. Uh, I'll have to. I'm not totally sure what is next. I've got some Gambit 
and some X-Force and some um, Cable and some Mutant X. I don't know which ones of those that I'll read, but those are the most likely titles for me to read for next week. How about you? I have the third volume of Strange Academy. Okay. Which will be post-Death of, of Doctor Strange. Okay. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. And then I have the next volume of Fantastic Four, which is called The Reckoning, Reckoning War, book one, or part one. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Reckoning War is going to be whatever Duatu and Nick Fury Sr. are going to be dealing with. Yeah. Because the Katadi had the ancient tech from before time, <laughs> <laughs> from when the Watchers were part of a war. Yeah. And so I think okay. this is that. Okay. Because on the cover, U- Uatu and Nick Fury Sr. On the, are in the background. Sweet. Yeah, so I'm stoked <laughs> for that. I am stoked for the coming weeks because I've got Reckoning War, I've got Devil's Reign, and I have the next cosmic crossover event. Oh. Coming up. Sweet. It's called Final Anna- Annihilation. Excellent. I don't know anything about it. Cool, cool, cool. But Cosmic is your shit. Cosmic's my jam. And that book actually, I think, is next week. Sweet. Um, so that'll be fun. So anyway, yeah, so I've got Strange Academy, Fantastic Four, and Volume One of Sandman. Hell yeah. This will be a new section for us. Yeah, since you're dear listeners. Since you're about caught up in Marvel, you're you're reading whatever whatever we'll be having some time. As it comes out, you you got some time. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Oh man. I'm proud of you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's a big thing. It's a really big thing. Yeah. It, oh man. It's so weird. Like my to read shelf is so small. Yeah. It has two books on it right now. Incredible. I do have some alternate some non six one six books okay. that I can read yeah. at some point when I need to fill. Yeah, there's this thing by Peach Momoko, who's a really beautiful artist. Uh huh. And then there's also this thing called Spider Shadow. It's an alternate universe where Peter kept the symbiote, the Venom symbiote, and he actually lost control of himself and he killed somebody. Oh. And then he goes down that path. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's all I know about it, but that came out like two weeks ago. Oh. Uh, I just haven't read it. Nice. But I think that's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to keep the side, the non-616 books just kind of on the side for when I have a light week. Yeah. And then I can throw those in as I need them. Sounds great. I agree. But yeah, well, then with that, yeah. uh, guys, yeah. I guess we should just put the outro music here. As long as you can find a place for it. Yeah, right there. Okay. 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 Um, it is a long one. Sorry, Dibs. That's what happens when we hang out. I know. We, we sign comments. Yeah. So much more. <laughs> we sign converse instead of sign comments. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, oh, well. And especially like right now. I know. Sorry, Dibs. <laughs> it's not personal. All right. All right. This isn't like we don't say bye now. So how do we?